Hello. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I'm I'm taking time out from like time I could be using to play The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild to do this fucking bullshit. So don't expect much from me this episode. Just, just All I'm gonna, mostly what I'm going to be doing is just like staring at the switch longingly from across the room. But this is a Transformers and like ancillary robot transforming toy podcast. You know. That is true. Thanks. Um, I'm glad I you were want, I just wanted to be supportive. You seem so you seem so down about it. I wanted to remind you that there is still fun to be had in this in this horrible melancholic world that we live in. Well, the first thing that we did when we got on the call was you and Umar tried to destroy me um, <laughs> with the power of laughter. So I'm that's, I'm not hopeful. That's um, our power. Yeah, it is. So I'm joined once again by Erica. Hello, I'm the first one because I couldn't I couldn't keep my mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, that's that is that is very much your role on the show. <laughs> also by Becca. Hi, I'm Hi. here. You are. You're back here this time. I'm back. Yeah. We We're you. back, a Becca story. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an animatronic dinosaur. In this episode, the role of Becca will be played by John Goodman. Um, <laughs> uh, he's the only person I can remember who was in that movie. Anyway, and also Umar. And I'll form the dog. <laughs> <laughs> You've been sitting on that one. Yeah, I You've never have sit- anything to say when it's just like, when it comes to me being intro it's just like... Uh, my as I'm like um, and Uman, I'm like, yeah, I'm that one. That's the person I am. That's the noise that means me. Yeah. <laughs> I I feel like you've been sitting on that though, like since we stopped recording last time. And you've just been like, ah, <laughs> oh, mate. <laughs> it's been on a post-it note on your monitor. For, yeah. Um, for like a month. At work. <laughs> Remember, say funny thing. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we talk about robots on this thing that we do. Mm. So let's start with me, because fuck you guys. Hello. Um, <laughs> what's, what's your name, stranger? <laughs> I am your dad. No! <laughs> Not again! <laughs> uh, no, what I've got is uh, I uh, our, our sprite on Twitter was selling... Uh, selling off some stuff, and I bought an Encore G1 Skids. Oh. He's a tiny blue man who turns into a tiny blue car, and he's got big shiny guns, and one of his, like, feet is, like, slightly on the piss, so he's always wonked. I, I've made it sort of pretty clear, I think, both on on this show and sort of in my, like, personal life, that I don't give two fucks about G1. Like, the, the, the G1 that people mean when they say G1, meaning the cartoon from, like, 1984 to 1986 and the movie. Like, all of that sort of... All, all of, like, the stuff that Becca likes, basically. This is, like, a call-out <laughs> post. Um, me, and, me and Becca, we're, like, Fire and Ice. We're, like, Pokemon Red and Blue. You know, Becca likes that bullshit. I like different, <laughs> I, I like different bullshit. Um, but... There's very, very few, like, actual G1, like, from that era Transformers that I want. And Skids was always one of them. So I'm actually, I'm really happy to have it because it sounds very hipstery, but I'm actually more interested in, like, Diaclone and mi- Micro Change than I am, like, G1 Transformers. I mean, it absolutely like, is hipstery, but yeah, you're not but... you're not invalid for liking it. <laughs> yeah, like, it's valid just hipster. That... It is hipstery. Just fucking deal with it. <laughs> yeah, pussy. <laughs> 
it's it's very nice to have uh, skids in my house and my life. Yeah. Uh, I haven't quite figured out how his arms work. Yeah. Like, I've seen pictures with them in like various configurations. He's a tough one. He's a tough one. He's got arms like basically like coming out of his midriff, which me too. To be honest, me too. That's not how arms go. <laughs> Eric, Eric has freakish Tyrannosaurus arms. Yeah, when, when was the last time you had arms? <laughs> Dickhead. I've got arms for the Nintendo Switch. Oh, I get it. Oh, with the clowns. With the fucking clowns. With the clown. Yeah, that's what I fucking thought, you monster. <laughs> you disgust me. Uh, this is um, a fun time nurturing show for friends. Yeah. Um... We all care and respect about each other. I yeah. do care and respect about each other. <laughs> But um, yeah, Skid- Skids turns into a Honda City Turbo, which is like I've always said. Like I don't, I don't drive because I'm gay. But um, <laughs> but like mostly, like the reason that I give is that I, there's only like one car that I'd ever want to drive, and it's a Honda City Turbo, and they don't make them anymore. So <laughs> they're from the eighties. Yeah, I know um, they were in the they were from the eighties, and they weren't even like they weren't even outside of. Asia, from what I heard, um, mostly, mostly I think it's cool because it came with a thing called Motor Compo, which was basically like a tiny little scooter that goes yeah. in the boot, a boot scooter, yeah. and you can basically unfold it. The weirdest thing about the Honda City Turbo, I think, I found out about the Honda City Turbo when I was a kid because I was really into the band Madness, and they were hired by Honda to do the ad campaign in Japan. Shit, for, like Madness, for, as in yeah, our house Madness, as in Suggs and his mates. Um, they they were hired to do the the ad campaign in Japan by Honda for the Honda City Turbo and the Motor Compo, and that's how I first what? found out about it. And then I found out there was a transformer of it, and I was like, mm. so I've kind of like fulfilled, you yeah. know, a, a thing. By I I now have a G1 Skids in our house in the middle of our street, um, and that's all I'm saying about stuff because it's like. It's a G1 toy, yeah. so there's not like very much involved. There's like really like shiny stickers, which is cool, and he's got shiny guns that he doesn't actually hold in his hands. They yeah, just they, clip, they, like... they clip over his arms. It, I mean, it, it gives you know, like the illusion of guns. Like sometimes you're too fucking lazy. All right, sometimes when you, you like, it, like okay, if you don't have pockets and you need stuff to hold, but sometimes you want to like let your hand free for a second, then why not have them strapped to your fucking wrist? Yeah. It's like uh, it's like a Wiimote. You know how they have like the little straps just in case you let go. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Wii remote. Oh fucking. <laughs> That's why Megatron has the fusion cannon mounted on his arm because he's such a fucking dit. He might lose it otherwise. <laughs> Genuinely, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, um... Speaking of Megatron. Oh, I'm going to talk about Skids some more. <laughs> go on, talk yeah, about yeah. Skids. Talk, talk about Skids. It's fine. No, I mean, I mean, not especially. I just think that Skids is like. He's really interesting to me because he's, like, not interesting, if that makes sense. He sort of yeah. completely flew by most people's radar because, like, well, you know, like you said, um, most people, what most people like about Transformers is, like, the cartoon, but he was barely in it. He was in, like, two episodes for, like, a sec each. Yeah, he had, like, two frames of animation. that's why it sucks. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's the other thing, because, like, in the 80s, like I said, the fucking, the Honda City Turbo, it hadn't come out. Like, it was, like, a, it was a compact car, and that was basically completely unheard of in america at the time so they were just like well we can't make him that because no one's gonna know what it is but we are <laughs> releasing the toy 
So what's the next closest thing to this vague shape? I mean, it kind of looks like a minivan. So he just pretended he was a minivan. Which is fine, <laughs> I guess, if you're a fucking loser. We've already got a minivan. We've got two of them. There was a video game about the Honda City Turbo that was basically like the the precursor to Splatoon, which was about like driving around and painting the floor. And I, I wanted to play it when I was a kid, literally just because the main character, the main character who you barely ever saw because they were in a car most of the time, but the main character was a girl, and I wanted to play it when I was a kid, just literally because of that. A girl so. in a Honda City Turbo. That's like, that's like your dream. Like, fi- finally, like representation. You're gonna like, like one of these days, like you're gonna be like, oh, I don't know if I'll ever find love, and then you're gonna fucking walk out your house, and you're gonna be almost cut off by someone in a Honda City Turbo, and they're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, and they get out of the car, and, and you're and it's and it's the girl from that game, and you're like. Yeah, because I'm I'm a character from the Adam Sandler film Pixels. Apparently, yeah, that is that is what happened. Actually, did you? I don't know anything about Pixels except for the fact that like um, Adam Sandler's friend, who is like Paul Blart Mall Cop, he's the president. In yeah, that. President Paul. It's it's in the same universe as Paul Blart Mall Cop. Last thing I wanted to say about Skids and that is that uh, it's one thing, but I, I don't actually like skids very much, but what I do like is there was like <laughs> this... No, listen. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him. There's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> he's just, you know, he's just sort of nothing. He was in a comic, and, you know, it was all right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... Uh... <laughs> Move, there, there was a... Move on. Heal, for God's No, but there, there was a... Re... Yeah, there was a repaint um, that came out for, like, eHobby in 2002 called Crosscut, who was also in that comic and was criminally underutilized, and he was, he's like a he's like a little actor guy. Mm. He's like yeah, a little he's a play, actor. He's a playwright, isn't he? Yeah, he's a playwright. Um, he's like Robot Shakespeare. He's Robot Shakespeare, and also Road Rage is his bodyguard, and I love Road Rage. So part of me is so part of me is like you know Crosscut, you're all right in my book. There also was a girl. Uh, like a girl skids of like generation mm. generation skids. Yeah, they released like, that as like a diacle like a black version that was a girl that was a yeah, suit. I think it was called Burnout. Burnout. Yeah, yeah. So that that's that's even more up your alley because one, it's Diaclone, which you you know you're like, oh, I I like that more than no, you don't. Um, but <laughs> but also there's a girl. Don't in tell there. me. Don't tell me what I like. You fucking cook. This <laughs> <laughs> near Chudster. <laughs> but yeah, there's a girl in there called Daya, <laughs> and I think I think that is the girl from the from the Honda City Turbo game that we're talking about. That that is basically the Erica ethos. It's just like looking at like old obscure Transformers and going, "There's a girl in there." Yeah, actually, yeah. that's all I've been fucking doing this past month. <laughs> but what if, girl? What if? Yeah, what if? Um, but yes, yeah, sorry, sorry to cut you off before that, we could that, get that's to. That's all right. The only, the only other thing that I, the only other sort of thing that I do want to say about Skids, uh, the the G one mold, is that his his back wheels fold away and become his heels, which is really cool. And I didn't know that they did that, which makes it's kind of like retroactively makes me appreciate the the G the generations, yeah, more because it does the same thing. Yeah, and he gives it like massive like sideshow bob feet, so that's like that's a okay. cool little bit of design that someone obviously like thought about because like who else has that like animated bulkhead that's the only one i can think of um 
I, f- I feel like there there definitely are. It's a really good sw- animated swindle has that as well, where the wheels like fall down oh, yeah, and like does, form heels. Oh, the animated was so good, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, as as I said earlier, um, speaking of Megatron. Yes, Umar. of course. <laughs> Umar, as our resident Megatron stand. Yeah, our resident oh, yeah. Megatronologist. Yeah. What have you got? Uh, you know, you know me. <laughs> I, I can't get enough of that that gun boy. <laughs> we just I, like I co- love... we just we just we just cock Becca out of the whole episode. <laughs> now that's now that's blue balls. A joke that won't make sense to anyone who wasn't listening to the pre-game show, that, like our pre-show <laughs> chatter, which we never record. Well, yeah. So, I mean, why do you even say like if you weren't listening? That's like that's that's so cruel in a way. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe like the FBI agent assigned to us also listens to the, is a fan of the show. We don't know. I, I do have an Alexa like next to my laptop, so like <laughs> he heard it. <laughs> Jeff, nice. Jeff Bezos. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, I appreciate that Blue Balls joke. <laughs> anyway, Uma. Oh, you actually were talking. You were. Yeah, I, was. I am next no! in the queue. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't part of the grand beggar cooking scheme. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the name of the episode. <laughs> right. Um, so I've actually got a, a bunch of stuff since our last recording. Yeah, I got like I got Sea Star Scream after like a hundred thousand fucking years. Um, I got oh, yeah, I I got my like my my Siege Wave two like order that I made like last year arrived like yesterday. Yeah, it's I like still I ordered... haven't gotten mine. <laughs> I ordered Star Scream in like December and it came like last month, I think. Um, and yeah, I got I got like um I got six gun as well. I got Shatter, but I think uh, the thing I want to talk about uh this time is um is my dad. Studio dad? Studio series <laughs> Studio series My Dad. Or as he's <laughs> as he's known as the <laughs> Is this is this perchance Soulful Eyes Warrior Dad? Or is this Yeah, a it dad? is it is Studio Series Voyager Class Bumblebee Movie Optimus Prime. Nice. <laughs> studio series John Cena. Yeah, Studio Series John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> I mean they did make a studio series Charlie, it's not other room of possibility. Uh, I want I want that actually. I love her. <laughs> Same. Mm. I'm astounded. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go on, tell us about your dad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he's like, you know, the thing I get out of uh, this Optimus Prime is he is exactly what Bay, regular Bay Optimus Prime wishes he was. He's got that, like, fatherly energy about him and he's got that, like, beef to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the thing that, like, struck struck me, like, um, as I was first, like, handling him is, you know that scene in Age of Extinction? Where Crosscut's no. like, God blimey, governor. <laughs> you just wanna you just wanna die for the guy. And then Drift's like that. You just called him Crosscut. Yeah, you just called him Crosscut. <laughs> Crosshairs. That's how that's how forgettable he is. No, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Fucking How dare you besmirch Crosscut. Green Transformer uh, John DiMaggio. Yeah. yeah. So he was so you, you were saying cross crosshairs was going God blimey, apples and pears. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Um, he's like, oh, free. that's that's brainwashing or something, and then just like, no, that's Optimus Prime, and it's supposed to be this like big impactful moment, but yeah. it came after he like violated the Geneva Convention, <laughs> so it kind of falls flat a bit. Yeah. This toy makes me feel that way. Yeah, it's just like, oh, this is why people like Optimus Prime because he's great. Yeah, <laughs> because he's our dad. He's yeah. our big dad, isn't he? Yeah. The Bay films like approach to Optimus Prime is basically it, it was always weird. It was kind of like trading off 
the like mimetic perception of Optimus Prime mm. as y- your noble warrior dad, while completely not like having him actually be that in the films. It's a yeah. little bit like what the um the uh the DC movies have done with Superman. Yeah, like, they yeah, keep trying similar. to trade off the like i the ideal of Superman with a character who basically embodies none of it. Yeah, like they don't like you like everyone knows who Optimus Prime is, but the thing is you're based you're 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 like you're kind of just it only works in that in those films if you're already aware yeah. that Optimus Prime is that because nothing in the film yeah. is going to tell you that. Yeah. Having like Umar just mentioned like the brainwashing thing, it's like it would be really cool to see like a treatment of Optimus Prime where he was basically like Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid, just this like this charismatic like leader who develops like a private army. And has a cool eye patch and a dog and a horse. <laughs> I mean, that's that's how ways you can improve any character, really. Just give him a dog and a horse, and an eye patch, and an eye patch. I need to buy that. I need to buy that Wolf Link amiibo. <laughs> God, I want to. I want to really want to be playing Breath of the Wild. Anyway, um, so your dad. The thing that struck me about him as well is that he he looks like he's really complicated, and he's like a really faithful uh, representation of like the Bumblebee movie design. Mm. And the, the truck is like an absolute smasher. Like, they put so much engineering into making just a really good truck. And so when I kind of pre-ordered him, I thought, oh, this guy's going to be an absolute bore, like, to, like, do the truck thing, right? But no, it's actually, like, really simple. It, it does, like, the Optimus Prime thing, where it's like, head goes into body, arms do that thing, legs yeah. legs form the back. And, you know, it does it all in big movements with a lot of little panels and stuff, so it, it isn't a, a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. It's, but it somehow manages a really accurate robot mode and a really accurate truck mode. I was like, how you how you doing that? I guess they've and... just they've just gotten so good at Optimus Primes. Mm-hmm. I feel like Studio Series in general is just on massive triumph for engineering, if nothing mm-hmm. else. Yeah, I've got Studio Series Bumblebee, in, and I like him, but he is a bit of a pain in the ass. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Volkswagen. Bumblebee. Yeah, the Volkswagen yeah. one. Mm-hmm. There, there's no Camaros in this house. <laughs> <laughs> What's a, what's what's a Chevrolet? <laughs> I think he was in Community. Oh, I. I got it, Becca. But <laughs> I didn't. I I, I didn't, wanted but... you to have that moment, though. I like yeah, it. I, I, I assumed I, it was just... funny because you said it. <laughs> yeah, I'm throwing myself yeah. in the garbage as we speak. It's fine. I am a philanthropist. You, you say that like you say that like you're not constantly broadcasting from a garbage can like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> no, I have a different garbage can. That's a specific shame. Gar- <laughs> I'm not in my regular garbage can. It's like, it's like a recycling tub. <laughs> yeah, it's this one is like it's shaped differently, so there's no reverb. Ah, clever. It basically comes outward like a like a like a sousaphone. Gramophone, not a sousaphone. <laughs> no, oh, okay. a sousaphone has like the say. Anyway, oh, I don't know. I feel like I feel like we're drifting from yeah. the topic. Which Hot is- drift like the transformer. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> That's why Erica is the only one of you that I pay. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of snatching victory from the jaws of defeat. Um... <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's it's Optimus Prime, so I don't give a shit until some like mm. knockoff merchants make a ne- Nemesis Prime version. But from what I've seen, it's one of those things. It, it like the same as the the siege voyager optimus prime it annoys me because i want it mm. and like mm. that's that's not me that's that's not what i'm about yeah and but, it's like you so... know i was kind of almost surprised at myself that i wanted to talk about this guy for the podcast because i'm like 
am I an Optimus Prime guy? Yeah. Um, but Are you a say, basic bitch? Am I, am I that basic? Uh, I am actually um, a, the nominated basic bitch at work for my music days. <laughs> but... Dead to me. <laughs> Um, but it's just like, you know, he's got these like soulful eyes and this like, this big blocky physique. And it's just like, yeah, that's, that's, that's why, that's why I like this shit. You know, he does seem like the kind of Optimus Prime who would play basketball and say things like, as the humans say, lay it on me. Or booby trap. (laughs) 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 Booby. The most annoying thing about the Bumblebee movie Optimus Prime design is that I really like it specifically because somebody pointed out he's got a kitty face. <laughs> like oh, yeah. someone like zoomed in and he's like someone like drew lines on his face to show that it's like his face lines. It looks like he's got like a kitty nose and a really like small kitty mouth and a giant <laughs> chin, like animated. Mm. That's exactly what we need in this world. <laughs> a chin the size of a breeze block. <laughs> I rewatched Bumblebee movie yesterday, uh, with my parents, my mum who'd seen it before and my dad who hadn't. And like with the the character arc that built up throughout the film, I was actually quite cross that Bumblebee didn't give Optimus a hug at the end. Because, like, his whole thing had been, like, you know, opening up with Charlie and then sort of, you know, hugging each other and supporting each other. And then Optimus comes from, like, saving Bumblebee's entire ass back on Cybertron <laughs> from, like, six million Seekers. And he doesn't even give him a high five. It's like, come on, Bumblebee. Seriously. It's because it's he's, like, emotionally distant. But not like in an abusive way. It's just he doesn't know how to express himself. There's yeah. probably like a deleted scene where he gives Bumblebee like a cyber toffee. A slugger. Wow. Gives him a cyber toffee and Bumblebee just holds it because he hasn't got a mouth. <laughs> and neither does Optimus. Yeah, he doesn't know what. He's like, I don't know why I have this. Um, someone, someone gave you this once, now it's yours. I just thought you'd like it. And it's like. I've, 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 I've been holding it for, for three million years. It's a yeah, bit I've sticky. Had, I, yeah, it's been in my it's been in my sweaty jeans pocket for a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone through the wash a couple times, but it's still good, I bet. Covered in fluff and the imprint of his keys. <laughs> his keys to himself. <laughs> you, you know, sometimes you just forget that these boys is cars. <laughs> I've seen him be it. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, studio series Bumblebee movie Optimus Prime. Yeah, he's 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 very good. He reminds me of why people like Optimus Prime and why I also like Optimus Prime. And also, like, I think I think the the engineering of of this Optimus Prime is like it kind of like represents the ethos of the Bumblebee movie, which is hmm. like take take sort of simple ideas and simple sort of visuals, but you know add on them and complexify them, but not make them like unbearable. And I think that's kind of like how how this guy goes about it. It's like. Yeah, I do the Optimus Prime thing, but I also have fun with it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the robot equivalent of the um, Pokemon designs in the Detective Pikachu yeah, movie. Yeah, because like, I mean, yeah. the point that Umar's made is that they've put realistic textures on them, but they haven't changed the actual design of them that much. Mm. And sometimes, yeah. sometimes that can go very wrong if you don't know what yeah. you're doing. But mm. do you remember the Sonic fan film? Does anyone <laughs> remember the Sonic fan film that had the, like the, the nostalgic? The Dagook, <laughs> yeah. And I think Jaleel White played Sonic. Oh god! I think I think that was literally like it was like a model from Sonic 06, but they put like a fur texture over like the blue parts, and that wasn't good. Yeah, it's not that. Thank God. Sorry <laughs> to remind you guys about Sonic, and also Doug Walker. Yeah, I was I gonna love, say I you love... should apologize for. T- 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 
Oh, also, one more thing. Um, this Optimus Prime can do Uhi Walkin, which is oh, the metric. Yeah! <laughs> the litmus test for, oh, for like, Optimus Prime yeah. going forward. Everybody Ooh. gangster till the trucks start walking. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow, you know, I've got Siege Voyager Optimus still, and I talked about him on another episode, I think, and he's great. So, but yeah. like, I'm, I'm just trying to think if he can do Uhi Walkin. I, I did. I have seen an Uhi Walkin like of him. I'll need to try that later. Yeah. What I've been doing this week is I've been like, oh man, wouldn't it be great if random Transformers that don't have any character or personality, but I just make them into new girls. Mm -hmm. That's what I've been doing. And I got a bunch of them from Transformerland Sausage. And (laughs) um, I'm not going to talk about all of them, but... You know, they're all really nice. It's just general, like, Unicron trilogy, like, uh, Universe 1 stuff. You know what I mean? Like, just, mm. the, just like, uh, the, the repaints. Obscure repaints that people are like, oh, well, okay. They usually, they represent, like, some random micromaster or whatever who no one cares about. Mm. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm going to talk about a couple. I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time, but, like, you remember, anyone remember, uh, like, Classics 06 and they had that jet fire? Mm. Yep. That was a good jet fire. Oh yeah, with the little mm. head. Yeah, that was 2006, and it was the first time that they really tried doing like classic designs in like a 100% faithful way that they could do at the time. And uh, they did jet fire, and that's like the hardest guy to do, because you know he's, he 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 can't look like like his 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 toy looks like this, and that's a thing that everyone likes. But his cartoon looks completely different for legal reasons. But everyone likes that as well. So he he was the one who had to like satisfy everyone mm-hmm. in two thousand six. So you know that sucks for him. So sorry, sorry man. <laughs> but th- when you when you see it as a new character, it's like oh this is just perfect then because it doesn't need to be that guy. I've got Generation Jetfire from twenty fourteen, and he's big, and I like him. And there's people who are gonna get that siege one that looks really nice Ooh. and huge and expensive. why the fuck everything cost money yeah but so there's this one called tread bolt that's like a a a repaint styled after the blue angels but it's based on a micromaster and i don't fucking care about that micromaster (laughs) and i don't think anyone in the history of the world does because he's just some little dude yeah and that's okay if you've got, like, a set of four of them, because they can all hang out. But nobody cares specifically about this one dude. Because he's not even, like, the most interesting one on his team. He's on the same team as Blazemaster. You know, you guys know Blazemaster? Yeah. Blazemaster. <laughs> he's, uh... <laughs> he's got the funny weed name. Yeah, Blazemaster, funny weed name. <laughs> I had his universe release, which was a big red helicopter that totally wasn't Blades. That could also be another one, probably, that I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. But like for this whole genre of random repaints as guys that don't really they don't really The cut episode it. stops while Erica hits up eBay. No <laughs> shut up. Look <laughs> The point is I like this one because it basically it's nothing it's 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 kind of it's got beats of Skyfire and beats of Jetfire and Macross and it's colored vaguely like some micromaster that no one cares about, but all those things together mean it's just some guy. So I can just make it whoever I want. I've made it a girl called Hawkmoth because I love bug names, and she's a weapon specialist, which is why you know because you get all like the armor bits, but they're all mm. gray. 
and brown and black on this toy, which normally would be wow. like, oh, man, that's fucking boring. Jetfire has big red guns. That's awesome. Changes the aesthetic. But now it's like specifically like, oh, so she just made that, I guess. It's just made out of scrap, and she just puts it on because she's clever like that. You know what? You go, Hawkmoth. Treadbolt <laughs> is a not a great name, but it also already ex- belongs to another girl on the shelf yeah. from Energon, who's way better. But yeah, so that's great. Uh, anyone remember X-Brawn from fucking uh, Rid, the first Rid, not the second Rid, the first Rid? Mm-hmm. Remember Rid? <laughs> oh yeah, R.I.D. 2001. Yeah, that, that, that popular one. That left a dent on the collective consciousness. I think you'll find it's called Car Robots, actually. Oh, piss off! <laughs> Fine, Car Robots Wild Ride. Back a gaijin. <laughs> yeah, so that got repainted as... Listen, shut up. That got... <laughs> that got repainted in universe as Ratchet, right? But... Like, everyone, you know, Ratchet's not bad. Nothing wrong with Ratchet, but... Have you seen X-Bron? Have you seen what he fucking looks like? No. Is he the one that just explodes into a He's the one with the big-ass arm. Mm. (laughs) Like, he's disgusting in a way. (laughs) But personally, I'm I'm into it. I'm way into it. He's a robot. Robots can be that. Eric is, like, project that we've been getting kind of, like, intermittent updates about is, like, one of the coolest things you can do with, like, toy collecting, I think. Yeah. Because, like, and I know, like, some people, like, you know, boring dickheads are like, oh, it's so, like, narcissistic and cringe. And it's like, just fuck off, Jeremy. I've kind of done, like, a similar thing where, like, I finally got in, uh, because of uh, Joe and Girk. There you go, there's your your mention. Yay! (laughs) Everyone, check your bingo cards. (laughs) It's just one square that says Gherkin. (laughs) (laughs) And and everybody wins. And yeah. But because of Joe and Gurk, I got I finally got into GI Joe. But all I've been buying is like the faceless, nameless Cobra grunts <laughs> who That's aren't characters. Valid. Are just like the your army builder cannon fodder, and I've just like bought like those and given them like names and personalities and written a backstory. God and, bless you to do stuff with. And that's the thing that finally made me give a shit about G.I. Joe as a toy line. Yeah. And it's like the fun that you can have. It's it's one of those things, like, even if you're only doing it for yourself. Yeah. Like, the fun mm. that you can have with toys is a cool yeah. thing. Yeah, because I feel that especially with G.I. George, because fucking... <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking start. <laughs> I'm but digging. Fucking... I'm digging. <laughs> Because, you know, Transformers, they're, like, an interesting, like, you know, unless you're in a fucking army, guys, which I'm not. You know, most it's just, like, they're just blokes. And the thing is, when it's just blokes, I don't want to be told who this bloke is, you know? <laughs> yeah. Especially, because I've never, I've watched, like, like two pieces of G.I. Joe media. One was, like, that pretty good uh, cartoon Renegades that came out in, like, 2008, I think. I recall it. Yeah, that one was really good. Um, and there was that one really stupid, edgy, like, made-for-DVD movie that was, like, animated, and, like, Cobra Commander, like, says, bitch, or something, and then he cuts some guy's <laughs> hair off. <laughs> Anyone remember? Is no. that the one where he was a snake person? Or am I the only one who's seen that? Oh, that's the, uh, that's the, uh, I think, the 80s, uh, Joe yeah, movie. The, yeah, the 80s one where he's a, where he's a snursin. Um, <laughs> I have yet to actually watch that, but I do know that it... Sona, yeah. Yeah, I do know that it absolutely shreds. But what I'm saying is, it's like, I don't care about these fucking army dudes. 
What do they got to like? Like a transformer has a kick-ass design, and it's a puzzle toy that like immediately endears itself to you if you're into that sort of thing. GI Joe's like you got to work for it. At least someone like me, I got to work for it because one military-industrial complex. Mm. <laughs> Two, a lot of their designs aren't unless they're like the bad guys. Because the bad guys actually have really kick-ass, like, wild, out-there, campy designs. Like, you've heard of fucking Destro? His head's chrome. Why is that? Why is his head chrome? Because it kicks ass. Yeah, and it's like Sir? Dr. Mindbender, so it's like this, th- this thotty dentist. Yeah. <laughs> Cobra Commander, I like him because he's fucking stupid. And that's why I like all the I like all the Cobra grunts because they've got they're like faceless nobodies, but they've got cool like campy eighties bright colored designs, and it's like okay, I can you can be anyone, you can be anyone, and I and you will be. Like I remember when I was a kid. Uh, do you guys remember Built to Rule? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like <laughs> Built to Rule obviously was like a thing for in the Transformers thing. Hasbro did Transformers Built to Rule, which sucked. But a lot of people don't actually remember they did G.I. Joe ones as well. Um, and I had one that my my dad got me once when he was, like, I don't know, like, on holiday in, like, fucking Sweden. And there was, like, a Built to Rule little, like, G.I. Joe, like, bad guy that I had. And he was, like, my favorite action figure for a while because he was no one. He was just a little guy in a leather jacket and a big red helmet with a gas mask. And I was like, you're... I don't know who you are. Let's be friends. Let's, let's be my good buddy. And he was. Your mouse just dropped a picture of Dr. Mindbender into yeah. the, <laughs> the, the Skype the Skype chat. Yeah, I really... Uh... Fucking massive Tom of Finland gay man mustache. <laughs> God, what's going on there? Is that like a fucking... Does he have like a solid like stainless steel mankini over <laughs> his fucking bright... Purple fucking jean jorts, whatever jean shorts <laughs> with a fucking knee highs. I thought he was holding like a Hoover at first, and I thought he was a tribute to Freddie Mercury and that I want to break free <laughs> music video. But he's also got a gun. I don't remember that being in the video. No, it's in one of the. That's one of the things they added for the biopic. Oh, okay. Mm. <laughs> I I want to pack heat. <laughs> that was a very very good joke. I'm glad. That straight up is like one of those little dentist drills, though, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, with like the little like water jet that like cleans your mouth as well. What the fuck? <laughs> hey, fuck you, Mindbender. You're bending my fucking titties out of shape. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I said that. Yeah, but you did, and now we have a record of it forever. We, we do. We do. We have to but... like collectively live with the fact that you said it. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, guys. Sorry, lads. But uh, one last thing, just to get back on track before, so we can talk about other shit for a sec. The la- the last thing that I want to talk about is, uh, you guys remember Energon? Energon was good. Mm. Yeah, there was a guy <laughs> oh, but, who was. Sorry, was that it? No, <laughs> there's. It's one of these fucking stupid name no name toys. You guys remember Tidal Wave from Armada? He was big, and he was three boats who became one big space boat, and then he was a really big boy, and he had his own video game level. Everyone remembers him. In Energon, he got shrunk down into like a little ninja speedboat, which is fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's I think okay. that's the one that I want the Banzai Tron repaint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, yes, yes. But there was also a repaint of that character, who was then called Mirage, uh, as Dreadwing, which is like, okay, you're a boat. Maybe it's like a, you know, like a like a foil instead. Dreadfoil. 
<laughs> Whatever. The point is, he's blue, and he's brilliant, and I love him. He's got big fucking stupid wizard sleeves with guns on him, and he's got big fucking, like, boat <laughs> fucking, like, things on his hips. And he's got a tall-ass, like, like skinny cyclonus head. And also, he can, like, sassily, like, wave his hips around because of the way his, like, transformation works. So he's obviously very gay. And... Well, whoever this is is very gay, and I'm gonna—I I haven't decided who to make this one yet, but you know, bright blue with purple bits, and clearly like theatrical and gay, and a big forehead tattoo. There's just nothing. There's nothing not good in that, mm. unless you saw it on a person. <laughs> I feel like someone with a forehead tattoo, no matter what outfit they're wearing, <laughs> I'm gonna be wary. Not gonna lie. You wouldn't want to share a lift with them. I wouldn't want to sit next to them on the tube. Would you? I'd, I'd fucking, I'd be really uncomfortable. I've been on the tube, and I would, I would sit next to a fucking xenomorph if it meant I got to sit down. Oh yeah. <laughs> we see what I do when I'm on the tube, which is very rarely, but I, uh, I hang upside down like a bat from the, from the little uh, handles. Sometimes I sleep standing <laughs> up like a fucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, that's how the that's how the uh, the central line be sometimes. Because <laughs> that's what dogs do. Dogs don't fucking do that. <laughs> like I know you've got a dog, but you gotta know that doesn't happen. That's not a normal thing. Does your dog sleep standing up, Bex? Look, she's not very bright. Okay, she can't tell when she's lying down. No dogs are bright. My dog is a fucking grade A idiot. <laughs> to be fair, Becca's dog is one of the most horse-like dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah she is. You know, you got a point there, actually. That I, I like. What do you feed her? Oats. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's normal. Yeah. It's cheaper than dog food. I bet she eats a whole fucking apple out of your hands. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Can dogs eat apples? No. Because of the cyanide like, in the seas. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. like physically, they can. But yeah, yes, they can, that's but not physically. what I. <laughs> <laughs> I could physically, if I really wanted to. They can't eat apples twice. <sighs> <laughs> if I wanted to, I could. I could physically eat my own mattress, but I'm not gonna. <laughs> Coward. <laughs> well, you wouldn't have anything to sleep on, so. Yeah, well, there's like a thing underneath. Oh, okay. Put you your like mattress it. between two regular-sized slices of bread. <laughs> Don't they have don't they have mattresses that are like this is so far off topic that it's no I don't even know if it's gonna go in but fucking don't they have mattresses that are like made to look like big like slices of bread? Yeah, probably, probably yeah. Because that that's fucking dope. And as soon as I move out, I'm getting one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Erica. Welcome to my boudoir. I sleep on bread. I want to be a comfy <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> you'd have to get yeah. You'd have to get like a bedspread that looks like ham. Or like cheese, lettuce. Mm. But I just have to not iron it ever. Sorry, that I forgot. Sometimes people eat vegetables. <laughs> Freak! You just you you make me sick. You make me wretch in my mouth. <laughs> you're a horrible old crone, and you you're you're just <laughs> you're an affront towards everything. But I and uh, frankly, not to be too bold, but everyone else on this podcast stands for. <laughs> You're horrible. <laughs> you say that, but that, that is kind of the vibe I'm trying to put out there, so... Mission accomplished, I guess. Uh, yeah. Speaking of vegetables, 
Becca. A <laughs> <laughs> more of a zucchini. <laughs> Sometimes vegetables are purple, like radishes and <laughs> carrots. Before we fucked with them for royalist so, reasons. Uh, and those those are like red cabbage. It's more purple than red, yeah. really. You can get purple broccoli too. You can you can get purple bro and beetroot. You can get purple yeah. broccoli. Yeah. Purple purple sprout and broccoli. Yeah. Shit. It's Even amazing. I know that, and I've never seen a vegetable. Shut your fucking <laughs> mouth! You did not know that! You're lying to me! You're both lying to me! Actually, like, you have just outed yourself as someone who's middle class enough to shop in Sainsbury's because that's the only place you could get purple sprout and broccoli. Yeah, you bitch! What are you, you gonna do now? <laughs> what are you gonna do now, huh? <laughs> middle class, middle class. <laughs> Actually. Uh, the reason I know about it is that I used to date someone whose parents were middle class enough to shop in Sainsbury's. Ah. Uh, uh. Well, I'm sorry I, I assassinated your character there. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I just, I'm sorry. You're not middle class. <laughs> I would never, I would never knowingly accuse anyone of being middle class if I didn't. <laughs> This is a fucking stupid bit. Fuck this. <laughs> Where is it going? Yeah, I don't like, fucking... Erica, Erica's like two sentences away from saying that the purpose of her content is to entertain. <laughs> isn't supposed to be a political statement. Shut the fuck up. Retweets are not endorsements. I'm a walking political statement, and the statement is... Mm, fuck you. Nailed it. Y'all heard of current events? Not a fan. <laughs> Politically speaking, could be better. Could be, could be better. Let's Becca. move, move pivoting Please. to our regular segment, Megatron Corner. <laughs> yeah, it's. I, I need to like the corners not really working anymore. There's too many of them. I need <laughs> one of those rooms, so I can just put them all around the edges. So it's less a corner and more of a. It's a ring. Space. It's a ring, yeah. yeah. Like a boxing I think ring. It's much less that you have a Megatron corner and that it's, the rest of your house is the non-Megatron corner. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it, yeah. You just walk into Becca's flat and there's just a phalanx of Megatrons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just really like the word phalanx. Is it because it sounds like phallus? Yes, actually, yeah. yeah. Okay. It is. What are you going to fucking do? Chud. <laughs> but tell us about the Megatrons, please. <laughs> I've come to the conclusion over the last, since whenever I was last on, I can't remember. I was 29, it was too long ago. That, <laughs> um, like, G1 Megatron is, is fine and all, and he, he's still great, and he's still, like, my first favourite. But Beast yeah. Wars Megatron is better. Just, yeah, no one, just, no one forgets their general. first love, but yeah, it's like your first Doctor if you're a Doctor Who fan, or like your first teddy bear or something. Like he, he's I think, I think mine bear. was probably more palatable because not everyone's a fucking loser degenerate like the rest of us. <laughs> you know, like we're all like I get it. We're all, like we all like nerd shit, but maybe someone who's normal happened upon this like just this episode and like, oh yeah, I've loved. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you think that person is still listening after? Look. I've, I've been told I've been told that I'm very charismatic so maybe <laughs> it's entirely well you possible. know maybe, maybe this is like being played in like a black site prison somewhere <laughs> to, to wring a confession out of someone we are both good cop and bad cop oh, man 
can't believe we're fucking we're fascist collaborators, man. <laughs> so yes, anyway, tell us, yeah, dinosaur. tell us about your dinosaur. <laughs> I got one of my grails, which was surprising because it was one of those ones that I thought would be that like it's not incredibly hard to find, but it's inconvenient. So yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones where I was like, if it turns up at TF Nation, it's going to be like £150, and I'm not prepared to pay that. But also, that's the only place I will ever see it. So I can't say that it's not findable, because it is there, but also I'm not prepared to pay. It's one of those like convention situations where you think, I'm not prepared to pay that, and then a small voice at the back of your head goes, but are you prepared to kill a man? (laughs) (laughs) I I think that might just be you. Because, like, if yeah. you're in prison, you can't take your Transformers with you. I have that on reasonable authority. So, I, I, I don't know. Bold of you to assume I would allow myself to be taken alive. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. That's very bold. <laughs> they keep whatever was in your, like, possession at the time of arrest on the premises. Oh, yeah, that's true. So, all you have to do is, like, do a Guardians of the Galaxy and go and steal it yeah. from the guy that stole your Walkman. Yeah, except, yeah. like, instead of a... Like the guy, like listening to "Hooked on a Feeling," it's like you get in there, and there's some fucking some fucking pig playing with your fucking Megatron, and you're like, "What the?" F-? And you beat the shit out of him with it. <laughs> it hasn't got any diecast in it, so it takes a while. <laughs> there's pointy bits. There is pointy bits. That's very true. It's this before the era of maybe we shouldn't give kids pointy bits because that's lawsuits. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, it's uh, it's Transmetals Megatron. But yeah, we got there. We did, <laughs> but, but it's not American Transmetals Megatron. So you can actually pick him up and transform him. And, yeah, and he uh, won't snap in half. Yeah, and and to the like the three hundred men in my mentions who keep making jokes about gold plastic syndrome, he doesn't fucking have gold plastic syndrome. Like, I've, I've done it. I've discovered my bugbear, and my bugbear is people trying to mansplain GPS to me when this fucking toy doesn't even have GPS. Yeah, and if you, you know, you know, hit him with this one, right? Hit him with this one. If you want to get technical, <laughs> even the American one doesn't have gold plastic syndrome. It's the brown plastic. It's the brown plastic, yeah. So, brown yeah. plastic syndrome. It's boops, not goops. Yeah, it's boops. <laughs> it's beepus. It's beepus. Beepus. Yeah, it's beepus. Sorry, yeah. when when Erica said hit him with this one, I just pictured that that one scene from The Simpsons. You can Mo- give him Mo one of these. Teaching, yeah, <laughs> Mo's teaching like funk dancing for self defense. Say some mansplainer Don't. is dissing your Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> you just give him one of these. <laughs> so yeah, Becca, your solution is to backflip and then shoot them. <laughs> that sounds like far too much effort for mansplainer. To be honest, I'd prefer to just like block them. And here's how you turn one Megatron into five Megatrons. <laughs> Smush. Um, but yeah, so uh, this is the Takara Metals Megatron, which is his first transmetal form, which is like him as a T-Rex, but he actually has both hands now, which yeah. is, is nice. He can fly because T-Rexes could fly. And he has um, roller skates. Now and he has roller, roller skates. skates. <laughs> yeah. we, don't know, we don't know that they couldn't. That, that's what I was saying. I'm saying they could fly. We, we have it on reasonable authority, but we don't They have know. feathers, so, like, they were halfway there. But, <sighs> Maybe um... they were just, like, really, like, full of farts, and they were, like, a dirigible. <laughs> Why does it always come back to weird fetish shit with you? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, 
if if I say like if I mention like a a, a dinosaur flying because it's full of farts and you think that's a fetish thing, I I don't think I'm on the hook for that. Look, you may be older, but I've spent more time on the internet. <laughs> we we've seen the Wonder Bread guy firsthand. Anything anything goes. Yeah, we're in the fucking wild west right now. Oh. <laughs> so, so Becky, you're Megatron. Um, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Please, please rescue us. <laughs> Save me. Fulfill your function on this show, which is to rescue, rescue. Or you've you've heard what happens when you're not on this show. Yeah. Bedlam. But, but normally the Wonder Bread guy doesn't show up for like an hour or so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it was being sold on eBay as a two pack, which is uh, not the singer, but like you know a two pack. Oh, that's, oh, that's, that's, I get it because that's a that's a pop culture reference. It's the only one I know how to make. Um, he was being sold in a uh, Japanese exclusive two pack with Transmetal Optimus Prime, who's Optimus Primal even, who's not my favorite because he just turns from a monkey into a slightly different monkey on a surfboard. Which yes is peak nineties, but it's the the story of evolution in a nutshell. <laughs> it is. He goes from a really cool dad gorilla to a trying too hard Steve Buscemi gorilla, which is fine, I guess. He tur- he turns from Donkey Kong to Funky Kong. Yeah! <laughs> How um, do you do, fellow Maximals? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that should be Rat Trap's function, but um, yeah, and this two-pack also comes with really cool holographic cards, which has their original beast body, and then their transmetal beast body, and their transmetal robot mode, which I'd never seen, which were cool. Yeah. So, and it was an auction, and I hate auctions because anxiety. I'd rather just press a button and just be like, give it, give it to me, mm, just yeah. now, mine, um, than do an auction. So, this auction was due to finish 10 minutes into a meeting that we had at work. Um, <laughs> and so, I like, this This is why my colleagues are actually, like, toler- tolerable, because I said, I can't go to the meeting. <laughs> Because really important thing I need to do at my parents' house. Can one of you cover for me? And the one who covered for me was like, she just looked at me straight in the eyes and went, it's a Transformer, isn't it? And I said, (laughs) yeah. And she went, okay. (laughs) The grift. The grift. I know. (laughs) So I was able to, like, bid on this this Transmetal uh, Takara Megatron because my co-worker took a hit for me and then reported as a really boring meeting <laughs> during which nothing was achieved so i didn't miss anything but so also... like a meeting then yeah <laughs> yeah just like a regular meeting i owe her like my life because great yeah. achieved yay and he's great like being able to actually transform him backwards and forwards without fearing the pain of mm. obliteration <laughs> without feeling like you're trying to disarm a bomb yeah <laughs> i mean as someone who did transform the hasbro one last december just praying that it wouldn't break apart. And it's, that it's was the last time you touched him. <laughs> yeah, he he has just stood on my shelf now in robot mode and has been since December. I don't even dust him. It's like the dust could break him, but so could be dusting him. So the dust's like forming a protective layer. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like the Victorians believed that if you got dirty enough, the grime would be a shield against bugs. It's it's that same <laughs> kind of. That does sound like. That does sound like the kind of thing that Megatron would say if someone was like, "Hey, you haven't, you haven't showered in a while." I was like, "Well, you fool! It's part of my plan." <laughs> why are you a dirty stinky boy? Well, that's a completely separate reason. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> I'm selling these slipping teeth on Instagram. <laughs> Check out my Etsy store. Put just... this jade egg in your fanny. <laughs> <laughs> it will bring you prosperity. <laughs> also, it will be really epic and funny. And also, and also thrush. <laughs> so. Is 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 Beast Megatron now? Is he like some fucking weird ass fucking like he's just? Like a, he's like a lifestyle guru. He's like a lifestyle <laughs> guru that is also like <laughs> like he like he like he he's like don't vaccinate your kids. <laughs> yeah, he's like he's like evil T Rex Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, is that what Gwyneth Paltrow does? Yeah, some shit, shit like that. Yeah, probably seems that way. She she has like she, yeah she named it she named her kid Apple all better off <laughs> yeah Beast will Beast will make turns really into like Paleo oh <laughs> 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 uh, 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 you you will die for that <laughs> I know <laughs> but death's gotta come for me <laughs> I ain't going down quiet. <laughs> I'm taking you all with me. <laughs> uh, so, Becky, you're Megatrons. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I feel he's one of the better Beast Wars toys that was done because mm. he's painfully animation accurate. But, yeah, it is It is a low bar. But hey. he's also functional as a toy. And, yeah, he's he's just really fun and his paint job's great. And the best part is that he like, he has his own name tattooed on himself but he doesn't because it says Destron which is Decepticon but he was a he wasn't a Decepticon he was a predator well, the, I don't in, know. in in uh in the Japanese stuff they still call Maximals and Predacons uh Cybertrons and Destrons in Ah toys, so. okay so it didn't change Yeah it didn't change it did change for car robots where the Destrons became Destrongers which is great okay. by that the is, way That's pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> I like that I fucking love that shit yeah, um, and this is so like tying into the other Megatron toy I'm allowed to talk about. Cause, hey, I missed last episode. Ha <laughs> um, And I talked about like three, so fucking <laughs> all bets are off. So yeah, so we've then got to go around again, and like like Maya has to talk about five, and then Umar six. This <laughs> never ends. This podcast yeah. is nine hours long, and we've gone through our entire collections. But yeah, his transmetal body I think is the most iconic one for me mm. because i was never really a fan of the first one the the, the barney the dinosaur one <laughs> mostly because he had a dinosaur head for a hand and while the aesthetic is cool doing photo comics it really bugs me when i'm working with figures that only have one usable hand um that being said i did shell out for masterpiece 43 because I knew if as I we didn't... expected, as we yeah, expected. yeah. Even as I was typing like a year and a half ago when it was first announced, like I'm not paying that much money for that because I'm I have standards. Like I was lying <laughs> to myself then. If you hadn't bought MP43, we would have broken into your house and performed an exorcism. Yeah, because clearly you're you're possessed by like a Sumerian demon. Oh, clearly, yeah, <laughs> a Sumerian demon who doesn't like dinosaurs. Um. That was like, like that was that was when that was Sumerian times, right? Probably. 
we don't have any evidence that they didn't have dinosaurs. Yeah, like, there's That's all it. that stuff that I hear about, like, oh, the, the first pyramids were built before the woolly mammoth went extinct, and yeah, probably. Well, woolly mammoths yeah. are kind of dinosaur, according kind, to our yeah. If Yeah, exactly. All, my, my, my only source for paleontology. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But yes, tell us about how great he is. He's, yeah, so I'm still conflicted on him <gasps> because... He is great. That's unquestionable. Uh, he looks like a CGI model. Out of all of the Beast Wars masterpieces, he's the one that looks the most like CGI because of yeah. the paint job they've done. It doesn't capture it when you try and take a photo of it. When you see him in hand, he does look like a chunk of CGI, like ripped out of the show. I think it's how perfectly they got the colors because those colors anyway are like iridescent in a way that feels otherworldly, like they've been edited in in post. Yeah. Definitely. He's like a rare bug. Yeah. 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 He's a, he's a shiny. He is. <laughs> Y'all heard of Pokemans? <laughs> With Detective Pikachu. Oh, yeah, um, that was a movie. <laughs> my, my nephew spoiled that for me. Oh, what? It's not, it's okay. <laughs> he's he's seven. It, it, the twist is pretty, pretty heavily telegraphed yeah. from like the first minute of the film. I've not seen it yet. But <laughs> it's good. It, it's good. I'm going to see it. I'm, yeah. I'm hopefully going next week. Okay, I won't talk anymore about Detective Pichu because we were supposed to be talking about Megatron, but <laughs> he would be the worst detective because he'd just do all the crimes himself. <laughs> <laughs> it was me. But, but they're so easy to solve, so... No, because he would then blame it on someone else. Yeah. And that would, be, that would be where do. the conflict comes from. That's where the mystery comes. Like, how am I going <laughs> to... The point is, he gets results and he's filling his quotas. Yeah, he's like, how am I gonna, how am I gonna pin this? How am I gonna pin this on Waspinator again? <laughs> Who's already in for like fifty-seven consecutive life sentences? I do feel that MP43 is good practice for the eventual masterpiece Waspinator because like all his kibble comes off every single last bit of it. Oh, so yeah. that'll be good for when they do the Waspinator MP and like his big gimmick is that you just like throw him at the ground and he just scatters into a million pieces. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like did see that on Twitter sticks. the other day where you, you denuded your MP43. Yes. It, it's the first time I'd done it because I'd seen pictures, but I didn't realise that the shoulder pieces could also come off. Can it's you a do very the, odd can you, effect. Can you do the big convoy thing? Because the thing, the thing that's fun about big convoy is you can just take all of the mammoth bits off and build a mammoth. Well, no, you can't, no, unfortunately. No, you can't, unfortunately, because the legs are one piece. So, like, the dino feet. Put it in the bin. And also his hand, like I know he can take yeah. up like the one tail hand, but I'm pretty sure his the head hand is part Doesn't, of him. Yeah, mm. which you know th this is the bit that I'm coming to, which is the price, mm. because as many, many, mm. many, many, many people have pointed out, he's three hundred and twenty dollars. I think I paid two hundred and thirty pounds. <laughs> what? I don't know if he's good enough to justify shelling out that much money if you're not either a a huge Beast Wars fan or b a huge Megatron fan, because he is good. I'm gonna. Yeah, he is brilliant. But a, his crotch piece is a known QC issue that probably should have been picked up at some point on a figure this expensive, yeah. because you don't use pearlescent plastic on a load bearing joint. You just don't. And b, he was meant to come with a display stand, which would have helped to justify the price because he comes with clips so that you can use a display stand. Yeah. But at the last minute, it was yanked. From the release and it was yanked i think before people were even aware that it was being yanked if you see what i mean they just got yeah. their order and it wasn't in there which is not good because they didn't change great. the price yeah and yeah. if you yeah. haven't got 
I think it's, is it Dinobot that comes with the stand? Yeah, Dinobot comes yeah. with the stand. So if you haven't got Dinobot, which I don't because I wasn't prepared to pay that much money on a non-Megatron Beast Wars character. Mm. Valid, but disgusting of you. I know, I'm sorry. If if the reissue was reasonably priced, I'd have gone for it, but eh. You know, I like Dinobot, but yeah. yeah. I, I don't want to take away from the actual genuine Dinobot fans. Um. It's okay. It's fucking. I don't even care. <laughs> I so, like him because he's a big, stupid idiot. Thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's valid. Yeah. But yeah. So the fact that they int- they include two clips for a stand that was then not included, and you can only get if you buy an equally overpriced masterpiece figure. That for me was the Takara taking a piss bit because yeah, like MP thirty six, who up until then was the most I'd spent on a Transformer. He was one hundred and eighty. I could just justify that, but paying £60 more for a figure that came with less, and actually, from what I've seen of the transformations of MP43 and MP36, has a less detailed transformation, mm. I do think is Takara taking the piss. That, that's, yes. yeah. Especially since there's no covers on the market that are cheaper and fix a lot of the engineering problems. <laughs> like! <laughs> hey, um... I would like to uh, uh, talk at length about this particular issue we've been having. If you're like <laughs> done with the uh, talking about the Megatrons, that's cool. Oh yeah, the only thing I want to say is that uh, so I like the original uh, Megatron like first body toy, which mm. I gave away to Arc Lord because she didn't have one. Mm. But the thing that really annoyed me was the two circular cannons on the hips because it meant you couldn't sit him down. On the masterpiece, you can remove them so he can sit down. So, Aww. 10 out of 10, A+. Plus, a plus. Get a, get a better stars. look at those fucking gams. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm done. Oh, and I'm, I'm going to pre-order Black Arachna because she looks cool. Okay, now I'm done. <sighs> Thanks for the she gif looks... of Dinobot's ass that showed up <laughs> in the, in the yeah. chat. You all know what Dinobot's ass looks like. Yeah. You all know. It, it's a gift. So we don't need to describe it, and we don't need to dwell on it. Better than rungs. Yeah. What we are oh, going to oh. dwell on, what we are going to dwell on, though, is all I that brief- horrible... All I want to briefly say, before we get into that, is I'm not a, like, a Beast Wars fan, and I appreciate that the Masterpiece Beast Wars toys are like very, very faithful like recreations of the CGI models from the show. It's just... The show is bad to look at for for human eyes. So, the season one it is. Season two it gets better and then it gets worse again in season three. If you're going to watch Beast Wars, <laughs> just watch season two. You won't understand half will. of what's going on, but it's fine. <laughs> I like Beast Wars, but I'm very aware that a lot of it is me as a kid and teenager being like, "This fucking this shit rips, bro," but then never <laughs> thinking about it ever again and just remembering that I liked it. Watching uh, it as an adult and realizing that the first on-screen Transformers romance is the personification of a nice guy oh, just yeah. trampling all over a woman's boundaries is yeah. actually quite upsetting. Rewatching it gross. now, it's like, oh, 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 oh. And then everyone's like, oh, it's sad what happens to Silverbot and Beast Machines. I'm like, no, it's fucking not. He earned it. Yeah, he did. He fucking did. Like, I love, I love our boy Scott McNeil. He can make any fucking... He, mm. he can give anyone character and purpose to listen to. Yes. He's great. Uh, he voiced four fucking characters in that show. Mm. And 
he's great, is what I'm saying. But it comes to the like it. It's weird how it comes to the point where it's like it's that Rat Trap is actually canonically, you know, in my book, less of a scumbag than Silverbolt is. It's kind of <laughs> yeah. fucked. Kind of yeah. fucked. Little bit fucked. But uh, as long as we're talking about that. Y'all heard of fucking Black the Rachnia? <laughs> Black of Rachnia. Uh, uh, like, okay, look. Look. Couple episodes ago, when we first saw... When we first saw what Black Rachnia looked like, there were things said on this podcast. I said a lot of them in jest, but they probably wouldn't... It wasn't coming across very well for most people. I clarified later on Twitter. Uh, I like the idea of Black Arachnia, and I'm glad that she was getting a masterpiece uh, toy. I don't necessarily 100% enjoy every aspect of her original design, because there's a lot of things (laughs) that may or may not be slightly flawed. Just slightly. Like, maybe those big fucking, like, bulging like cartoon fucking red and stimpy eye looking ass titties coming out <laughs> you know and everything else but you know i was still excited i was still excited uh but this last i want to say this last week in time recording this i don't have a very good concept of time but i feel like it was in this last week right mm. where yeah, we finally awesome. yeah we finally got to see what the uh what the spider mode looks like uh <laughs> Uh, it's not it. As they, as the kids say, uh, it's not it, Chief. Um, <laughs> it's not. It's yeah, not great. To, to quote the old Rene Rene Magritte piece, "Sessi nipa it, Chief." Yes, says nipa, nipa it. Sessi nipa isi chef. I get that they want to be animation accurate, and I get that in all of the masterpiece releases so far they've managed to capture that both in like uh, robot mode or root mode as it is in the show and beast mode. I, I respect that. But yeah. like there had to be a compromise on black arachnia because either you get a great looking robot mode or you get a great looking spider mode and one would have to sacrifice at the expense of the other because her whole design on the show was tiny waist, big tits. Yes. Because, you mm. know, boys show made in the late nineties with empowered female characters. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like, I get it. If it was going to be, like, listen, when it's a masterpiece, I'm always going to say, if, if, if it comes to the point where, like, you're, you can't do it without compromise, then absolutely favor the robot mode. Because for most people, that's yeah. where it's going to spend most of its time. That's what you see most of in the shows. Even in Beast Wars, where they did spend a lot more time in their beast modes still. Mm-hmm. Um and that's the more iconic, you know, that's the more iconic part of the design. That's what you see in all the merchandise and you know, that's what everyone likes best. Okay? No one no no one buys like a bu- no one who is a masterpiece collector keeps them all in like car mode, you know? Mm. But I bet someone does. I'm sure some fucking savant, some Melvin <laughs> Some fucking Melvin is like, oh, well, I, I actually prefer the real world. No, you fucking, maybe you do, but that just means you're fucking, you're scum, is what you're like. <laughs> uh, you're like people who claim 
despite all evidence of a contrary, that they actually prefer the Diaclone releases. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't. <laughs> I'm just fucking. I'm just fucking kidding. But still, like, it's weird how like all of Erica's audio past this point got corrupted. Oh yeah. Uh. <laughs> and it just and it just sounded like farts. Weird. But fuck, dude. Like, I get it. It has to be accurate. It's a masterpiece. But fucking, you couldn't have maybe toned it down a little, just a little, just a wee fucking like. I feel like at the point where, like, this is why we've had, like, three separate Masterpiece Optimuses, right? Because it's like, they've tried it three different ways, and there's always a bit of a problem where it's like, oh, well, let's just leave it and not actually try it again until we release a new one. I feel like they probably should have went at this one. Like, I'm not a toy designer. Come on, man. Come on, Takara. (laughs) Karen Takara. Come on, Tommy. Can, can I also give a shout out to Chris Catherine who patiently explains because he's the Spider-Man. Oh yeah, that yeah. it's fascinating that Black Arachnia transforms into a male spider. I just I like that. I thought that was just in the Legends toy. Yeah, the Legends toy. I thought it was in her animation model. I honestly don't know. Yeah. I th- y- you I will could have to recheck. Yeah, but um, yeah. I just remember because it came up. Because we were talking about, like, man, Black Arachne sure just hasn't had ever a good toy ever. ever. Or one that's it's easy to find. Yeah. Anywhere. Like, I've got a lot of girl toys. I've got... I don't have... I, 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 like, okay, I have the mold of the original uh, Black Arachnia. I have Tarantulas. And that's pretty good. It's a good toy. But it also doesn't look anything like Black Arachnia. Mm-hmm. Because they did that to her. Yeah. Remember how they did that to her in that cartoon? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that one's out right out of the way, unfortunately. Um, I don't have the Transmetal 2 one because that's expensive. Very expensive. And the only way I'd ever get it anyway is the RC version, which is even more expensive. Yeah. I have the mold of, like, the Beast Machines one, which is technically... It's technically an okay action figure. But also, have you seen it? <laughs> Is that the one that's really tall? That's the one that's really tall. Uh, has an even thinner waist than the actual uh, than the than the new masterpiece. Big, long ass toe feet, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, an entire spider head and butt on its on her butt, and she has human hair. <laughs> Why does she have human hair? The the fetishist's niche market of spiders with human hair. That's horrible. That's a horrible, horrible. That's a really <laughs> terrible fetish. I don't know. <laughs> uh, can I can I just say, as someone with arachnophobia, I am very much enjoying all of the spider talk. I'm sorry. Okay, it just it needs to be said because the closest thing we got in recent memory, was a remold of animated Black Arachnia, which many people, even notable animated stands, such as the one on our very own podcast, they mm. admit, it's not great. It's not a great it's toy. Not, yeah. See, I, I bought that, and she is never getting transformed. Well, yeah. yeah. I bought it because she was a girl, and put, I basically bought it because she was a goth GF. And you're <laughs> and fucking, like, you're valid. You're valid. When I, like, first got back, like, back into, when I first, like, got into collecting properly it was like just after animated yeah so i was buying like 
Bumblebee and Soundwave. And I saw Black Arachne and it's like, well, it's never being a spider in my house. Uh-huh. But <laughs> and, that looks like a cool girl. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> it's not even a very good spider. I've managed to make it work. <laughs> but it's not a great spider. And I know that because there was the remold, the Legends remold, that uh, it did a few new things, gave it a new head closer to the Beast Wars uh, animation model, which was very good. Um, the mandibles that form the belly are now uh, pe- the, like big bulbous pedipalps that fold up and form breast tissue, Blech. which uh, mm-hmm. that one's not so good. Also, it's like put together backwards in the torso and you can't fix it ever because it's a rivet. And I tried fixing it, but it didn't work. And also the elbows broke. And I had to glue it, but glued them back together recently. So never doing anything that one. Mm. So it's like, what am I supposed to fucking do? That's the thing about Transformers, right? No one's ever a good character. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like an okay character that you remember and you're like, whoa, as a kid or a young adult, depending on when the first time you saw something was and how critical or not critical you were of media at the time which was made with Beast Wars, and it's like, whoa, Black, Blatch the Ragnios. <laughs> Black, Bla, Bla, I wasn't Bla, ready for that. Blair, Blair, Blair Witch Project. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I love the Blair Witch Project, and I want a toy of her. Even if, in retrospect, her character probably wasn't good, I just really liked her. And there isn't a good one! And the closest is that masterpiece. And you know, as disappointing as it is, I was almost ready. I was so ready to forgive it. I would have, I would have. But, you know, as many people have said, including, you know, Chris, Chris McFeely on Twitter, he pretty much summed it up best. Like, when did this become what we could, like, let slide for a 150 pound, like, high end collectible, Hmm. you know? Like, I hate that term. I hate the term high-end collectible because mm-hmm. it's just big, really good toy. It, it's it's, it's what like... can we dupe collectors into paying if we call it a high-end collectible? Yeah, and it's like, I've paid some dumb amount of money for toys. I have. I have for high-end toys. I, I bought the Soul of Chagokin, like Megazord, Daijujin, and the Dragonzord, and those were a lot, but those were good. And basically without compromise. So I was fine with it. And I'm fine with it in retrospect, even though they were very expensive. But I would not be fine with this, you know? Especially if it's, especially if it ends up, like, one, we already know that it's going to be smaller. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. I don't have a lot of space right now, so technically I would prefer a smaller one. But it's obviously smaller to fit in with scale, but it's still 150 pounds. It's a hundred, yeah, hundred and nine on Kapow, but I feel like they're taking a hit on that just to make yeah. sure the pre-orders get in. Yeah, it's it's going to be smaller than Optimus Primal. It must be or yeah, around the same height. It's going to be it's going to be smaller than Cheetor because I yeah. in the cartoon she is shorter than Cheetor, and they want to you know they want it to be accurate. That's why they, that's why they gave it the big fucking balloon titties because it's accurate. And yeah, fucking... and and Cheetor I got on about a month ago from In Demand Toys. He was seventy five pounds new. See, that's fine. Yeah. That's like a fine, but everyone's like, oh, well, fucking, it has a bunch of accessories. She didn't need all of those accessories. She didn't need a big fucking stand. Hmm. Um, Which will probably get yanked at the last second. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
But also, I've just thought, like, oh, do they need the stand actually because you can't stand up because of our fucking tiny little fucking thin... Is it going to be like that fucking... Remember when remember when that guy on the internet, I don't remember who it was, but he, like, figured out the mathematics of, like, a Barbie doll's proportions and how they wouldn't be able to stand up, and they just yeah. have to, like, walk around on all fours like a monster? <laughs> I feel like that's probably what's going to happen with this black arachnia. But on top of that... Uh, you mentioned in your Beat Stores Megatron that there's like, you know, there's like that common QC issue with like the mm. broken crotch. Yep. And uh, I fucking, I really, there really better not be anything like this on Blatch the Ratchness because <laughs> that's, that's too much money for something that's going to break. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. My kind of approach to stuff like that is, because I've, you know, I've had my eye on the um, MP36 Plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because, like I've mentioned before, because I'm a hipster, I want, I don't so much want a Masterpiece Megatron as I would a Masterpiece Microchange Gun Robo. Yeah. But I haven't bought one because it's got Decepticon logos on it, which makes it Megatron in in my brain. But, so... but the Decepticon logos are on its ass, which I is know, amazing. One, don't... you don't have to look at them if you don't want to. And two, they're on his ass. Yeah. That's true. awesome. But the, Maybe yeah, he's but just the... a slut. Maybe he just fucked Megatron <laughs> once. <laughs> and he got real invested <laughs> we've all been there it, it's not like any of us have a Decepticon tattoo on them right now look if there's anyone here that can be reasonably quantified as a slut for Megatron <laughs> like I hate to I hate to say it but it, it's Uma oh yeah yeah um, <laughs> we established this like I haven't bought one because it's got the, the Decepticon things on it and the same went for the um, I think it was like Fans Hobby did uh, um, like a masterpiece alike Overlord. Yeah, they did Double Evil, and I wanted that, but because like it's only got one face and it's just this like blank, you know, it's basically yeah. just this like static. You know, it doesn't come with like you know his like pervy smile, like a swappable face with that on. It's like you know if if there's any part of it like for the because like the price that goes for is like. 230 quid because yeah. like what like because you know it is massive but it's about the size of like Energon Omega Supreme yeah but like my my kind of thing is like if there's like anything that is putting me off then I'm not gonna bother because it's like if I'm not like wholeheartedly desiring it then it ju- it just feel like a waste of money Especially yeah, it's... if it's, like, anything over 100 quid. Yeah, it's exactly. Absol- if it's not perfect, I don't want it. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, fucking, firstly, just a real quick aside. The uh, the LG Overlord has two Titan Masters with different faces, and one of them is pretty pervy. Hmm, I was considering. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I have that, and it was I got it for 50 quid when it came out, and that was that's that's a good price for that. So, if you find that, for, uh, for that or under even, then yes. You will not be disappointed. But, aside from that... That's the reason why, like, like again, I was talking about the uh, um, the Soul of Chigokin, like, Megazord and the Dragonzord. They also have, you know, the Titanus out now, which is, like, the big steed, like, Brachiosaurus. Mm. And I haven't decided, I haven't, I don't want that. Not because, you know, like, it just, it doesn't, not because it's not good. It's just, it doesn't do much for me. And that's a lot of money for something that doesn't do much to me just to complete a set. You know, I'm not going to spend... Uh, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of money to pay for what is basically an accessory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, bro. <laughs> that's basically where where I'm at with most things. I can't fucking justify like I can't I can't really justify spending over a hundred 
uh, squids on, on a single purchase right now. And it's like it, the, the fact that Black Arachnia like came out with that price. It's coming out with that price and everything about it. It's like it's making me rethink a lot of my own habits, you know, because, you know, because there's the new Optimus coming out. And for a while I had that on pre-order, right? Because I was like, well, I do like Optimus Prime and it'll suit the Megatron, like MP36 Megatron, who is great. But I was like, actually, I'm good. I don't need it because fucking that's too much money, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's a lot of money to spend out of a sense of obligation rather yeah, than it, like act- actively wanting a thing. Yeah, because like I kind of want it, but it's like I don't, I don't, I don't fucking two hundred and thirty pounds want it. Yeah, because like I was kind of like that with um, Prime Breakdown. Like, yeah, I wanted, a, I wanted a Prime Breakdown to go with Knockout, but I wasn't that fussed on the actual like Voyager one, the Arms Micron. Yeah, yeah, and like that was always like stupid expensive because it never got a Western release. Yeah, like the cheapest, cheapest I've seen is like eighty dollars. Yeah, and then like several years later, someone I think it was Martin on Twitter was selling the one from the Grand Galvatronus Unite Warriors set. Yes, and it's based on the, it's and it's the off road mold. Yeah, which is which, great, which anyway. I fucking love, and it's like you know two birds one stone because like I've got like four or five different versions of the off road mold. Because it's, I'll just, I don't know. I just think it's neat. It is all, the, um, it is all the good characters. Yeah, and it's like I was willing to pay the price that was that was being asked for Unite Warriors Breakdown, even though it's a deluxe. It's like I'm happy to pay that because it's like it's something that I actively want, as opposed to the Arms Micron Breakdown, which is like something that I feel like I should have. Yeah, but I'm not actually like that fussed on the thing itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it just, it felt like because you know, and I would occasionally look at it like on on ebay and it's just like and i'd like i'd come close to buying it but then i wouldn't because i just feel stupid at the fact of spending what was you know like a lot of money being asked for it out of a set you know for a toy that i didn't really like super want yeah like yeah. a toy that you wanted as like an accessory <laughs> to yeah. you know because like you know because listen it's homophobic of them to think that we wouldn't <laughs> like Absolutely. buy an entire figure to be someone else's boyfriend i think that the way the sort of the direction that the masterpiece line is heading mm. i think it's gonna cause a lot of people to like reassess like how yeah like how deep in it they they are and how deep in it they want to be mm. especially with the mainline toys like masterpiece up until now has been mainly g1 and do you know what's doing a really good job of G1 toys for less than £100, less than £50? Siege. Yeah, that's like, like, Yeah, I was going to get a Masterpiece Shockwave to go with my MP36 because, you know, height and everything. Yeah. I got the Siege one instead, and yeah, okay, he's small. He's great. And now yeah, I don't great. need the Masterpiece Shockwave. Yeah, like, as someone who has both of those, unfortunately, uh, they're both very <laughs> good, but, but like... I feel like I would have had more fun with Siege Shockwave if I hadn't had the Masterpiece one. Yeah. Because they're, bas- they're the same, except the Siege one is cheaper and has more bits. Yeah. So if I hadn't already had Masterpiece Laser Wave, I would have been like, you know what, this is fine. Yeah, I mean, I got, like I mentioned earlier, I got my Wave 2 Siege um, order yesterday, and one of that was Voyager Soundwave. Voyager Soundwave is fucking primo. Oh, yep. and, right. You know, I'd always kind of like half wanted the, the Masterpiece Soundwave. But now I've got this. It's kind of like, well, I don't really need it because this yeah. is like, this is hitting all the right. It, right, this is going to sound stupid, but Titans Return Bumblebee did the mm. same thing. It's like this. This is 
like this can be my masterpiece bumblebee this is my definitive bumblebee yeah yeah because it's a good he's a good little boy the artistic intent of the masterpiece line is kind of really unsatisfying on like a hand feel level of like oh you know this is going to be a pain in the ass and also like it doesn't really work yeah it's trying to get to this ideal that like physically you're never going to be able to get and also have like a fun time with and also be like reasonably priced yeah i appreciate the mission statement i appreciate like Mm. the length that they'll go to like make Mm. this you know like make a, a toy as perfect uh, representation as they can mm. but a lot of people like i appreciate it but i don't have that kind of fucking walking around money you know mm. as well like the two megatrons that i picked i picked them specifically because the transmetal megatron like i said i've been transforming it backwards and forwards you know which is like the point of a transformers toy yeah. because it's really fun to do the masterpiece, which costs two hundred and forty pounds, has known QC issues and has bits of the transformation where you could utterly, you could literally snap the toy in half without meaning to. I've transformed it once. I will never do it again. Yeah, it's like I cannot <laughs> risk it. You would feel safer buying a second one to have in in Dino mode, dinosaur yeah. mode. Yeah, like if I won the lottery, I'd do it tomorrow. It's the same situation, really, as like the original Transmetal Megatron that you have. That like you literally like you transformed it <laughs> yeah. once because you're so afraid of snapping it what, in half. What you need to do, Becca, is you need to find someone on Twitter who is displaying it in T-Rex mode. Get them to take a ton of photos of it from every conceivable angle <laughs> on a green then, screen. Like, poorly Photoshop it into <laughs> <laughs> your knackered robots comic. I've so got to do that. <laughs> or I tell you what, actually, I've got a way better idea. Right? Just photograph the Dino head like coming off from the side of the panel. Because you don't have to transform the rest of it. Then it can just be like it can be like like shadow puppets, except real. You put your hand in there. It's like oh, me because I like always have the characters talking about how impressive his T Rex body is. Yeah, but it's, it's just, just off of, panel. It's just that, of, like how in Shakespeare they always talk about the battles afterwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. stage them. You'd be like, God damn, that was a rip snorting battle. I really hope that that's what the last episode of Game of Thrones is going to be. It's like a 60-year like future fling, and it's just one guy describing the events of the last episode just for an hour. Not even, like, just, just some guy who can, you know, has no charisma. Really? He's just sat in front of a fireplace. Like, so all the bits that, like, were cut out of The Princess Bride? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just the ghost of Peter Falk just describing in the most boring way possible. One more thing. That was funny because he said that money was Colombo. Fuck you. <laughs> Watch a thing. Um, no, but like, it, it would be super funny if like the last episode of Game of Thrones was like the last episode of Neon Genesis Evangelion, where they just <laughs> ran out of money. <laughs> they spent well, it all on the fight. Um, nobody could see. It's just like it's just like a lot of like people talking and not moving very much. Yeah. And then they all clap. It's just like a, it's just it's just like a Skype conference. Oh, it's it's just it's the elevator scene from End of Evangelion. It's just like five minutes of them in an elevator, but it's sixty minutes, and it's an elevator going up like the wall. <laughs> at, at one at one point, someone like walks past with like a dragon cutout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like they're like sort of waving it around, so it's like oh, it's flying. But, but yeah, it's like Becky, you could actually physically do that where you could have like one panel of like the Beast Mode Megatron head. <laughs> and then you can have another panel that was just the tail, and you can just like you know the Kuleshov effect would yeah. do the rest. <laughs> I am so gonna work that in somehow. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna post like you're gonna make a comic where that's the gag. 
You should see the comic that Becca has just posted. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Changed my life. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> also got somebody listening to the podcast. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yay. It's always nice. Of all the things we could have done to advertise, we should have done that sooner. <laughs> oh, what are we gonna do? Well, clearly we have to go and buy like a job lot of jade eggs. Um, <laughs> even more so than most of the time, I feel like we're specifically going to hell for this one. There's been a lot of bad stuff in this one. Some of us were going anyway, and this is just doubling down. Yeah, we've yeah. we've been gone to hell. This is just like getting a better seat. This oh is yeah, establishing dominance over Satan. You can only get so damned. Yeah, it's like yeah. If, you, if you get if you're getting arrested for like, like I don't know, jaywalking. You might as well commit a murder on the way back. <laughs> like, you know, you're, you're you're still getting arrested. It's 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 thrifty. It's bargain. By w- <laughs> er- er- Erica Erica reading from the playbook of Extinction Revenge. Wait, no, fuck you guys. <laughs> Wasn't wait. I know this. Oh yeah, it was, wasn't it? That was a joke that you did. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> you bastard. Have I just have I said the wrong thing? It's like those those climate change people, like people who are like v- rightly concerned about climate change, but are going about it in the most different oh, way imaginable. Yeah. What are they called? Them people. Extinction what? Rebellion. That's oh. <laughs> Extinction Rebellion. Extinction Rebellion. It's like you the fucking... most middle class <laughs> protest ever. <laughs> I was genuinely, like, really confused. Like, wait, is there, like, another angle to that few joke? <laughs> like, that one-off fucking, like, throwaway gag that I've been well, missing there, this there whole time? There wasn't, but we found it anyway. That's how you do it, really. That's how you do it. So, has anyone got anything else to say about Beast Wars um, Megatrons and their... I've got one and thing their to say. Brands. Yeah. I've got one thing to say. Actually, I've got two things to say. Uh... Cyberverse is coming out. I saw a picture, like, not five minutes ago of, like, these new, like, you know those tiny turbo changers? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're, like, the cheap little, like, rubbery guys. They're basically bot-bots, but more boring. And they started doing them for the movies, but now they're doing them for Cyberverse, and those look pretty decent. Ooh. Especially because they're doing a Black Arachnia one for some reason. <laughs> so there's a tiny little Black Arachnia Cyberverse uh, turbo changer, but you can probably get for, like, less than a quid at your fucking local Sainsbury's. And which, as we've established, may well be just the best Black Arachnia toy. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately, that may in fact be that. Yeah. But if that never materializes in this country, I just want you guys to not be mad at me if I eventually somehow, through indetermined means, happen by a masterpiece Black Arachnia and it appears in my house. <laughs> because I hate it and I hate myself. But I want you to not hate me, because I know I'm a hypocrite, and you guys know I'm a hypocrite. But don't don't tell anyone is what I'm saying. I, I mean, I will have one, so I can't judge you. Yeah, if you if you're listening to this, don't don't tell, please, <laughs> please. Don't like, be a just, fucking knock. Yeah, just pretend. Let's everyone. When I eventually like in like November or December, when I fucking inevitably have one show up, because at that point I'll probably have caved and put in a pre-order. Uh, just pretend that someone gave me one as a gift. 
Yeah, we'll, and, we'll yeah. all look away. Yeah, we'll all we'll all like look away, and then when it's back here, you'll be like, oh, that's a funny gag that someone played on you because you hate that. And I'm like, haha, yeah. We'll all look away like the scene on the train in Spider-Man 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, uh, brilliant! Just, just say that you found it in a canal or something. I, would... <laughs> <laughs> I found it on a railway siding with the re- with the rest of the porn. <laughs> oh, dear God, <laughs> that's what kind of life do you lead? That was that was how it was before the internet. Like there was all, like more than once, some kid came into school with a porn mag he had found on a railway siding that he had been on illegally. <laughs> I'd feel worse if the kid was on the railway thing, like, legally. Because, like, <laughs> that, means, that means someone's given him a permit. I found this while the, they, they had us laying some new rivets. That's a little That's boy. What is this? The, the 1800s? Victor? <laughs> Fucking. <laughs> is this the Industrial Revolution? What? This is, uh, this is why the trains got privatized. <laughs> Too many children on the line. <laughs> Finding porn. <laughs> We're all just deeply broken as people, but um, that's why we work so well as a podcast. <laughs> so, what what we sort of wanted to talk about as like the for, for the second uh, hour and a half of this recording is we did want to talk about the the IDW comics. Oh, cock! <laughs> but maybe we're not this time. We can. I think. I think <laughs> we could still. We could still talk about it, right? Can we? we can always. I tell you what we could do. Tell you what we could do. <laughs> What if we keep recording, but, like, record it as if it's a separate episode? That sounds like more work for me. It does sound like more work, but, you know... I also haven't read it. (laughs) Oh, have have you read up to... You've read up to issue four, right? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, dear. (laughs) Maybe maybe, hmm, maybe we're not, then. Yeah, it's a good Um... thing I I didn't read it, either. I just... (laughs) I was gonna! I I I was gonna! I best of intentions, but when... I'm following something that's going on. I just forget. I'm better and, at like reading it in trade. At the end. And so mm. now Umar is the one who stays cooked. <laughs> I've been, I've been Brian Cuckleyed. <laughs> oh. <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Jesus. So, do you, Erica and Becca, do you mind if me and Umar like briefly allude? I sure. no, I, I don't mind I don't at give, all. I don't give a toss. Okay. Because yeah, I think it's it's worth like having at least a brief chat about it, just because mm. like we did talk about it before. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And just like it's platinum payoff. Yeah. Mm. Let's let's try this whole bit again, but cut out all the guff, and then just be like, <laughs> okay, so now what we're gonna do? <laughs> um. So. Be- because Becca and Erica uh, hate us, we are—we <laughs> originally we were planning to talk about the uh, the IGW comics, but some people, um, like want you the said, show we, to... we hate you. Some people want the show to fail. Yeah, and... me and Becca, we we had like a private little like phone ch- <laughs> late night phone chat last night, and we were just like, you know, that, like well, Becca, Be- Be- Becca, um suggested it and i was like well okay if you say so you're you know what you're talking about erica and becca, and becca like, are running a kind of like producer style scheme oh yeah they've like oversold shares in the podcast and are now are desperately trying to make it bomb yeah um, basically becca 
was like, let's just fucking ruin this one for the guys. <laughs> I was like, ruin- I for our good buddies, uh, uh, I like Umar the and- bowl of podcasts. I'm just like, all I have to do is not give a shit, and boom, ruined. Yeah, let's just be real. Let's just be real fucking dicks about this for no reason. <laughs> and I was like, if you say so, that seems kind of out of character for you. <laughs> and she was like, shut the fuck up, and then she hit me somehow. <laughs> But yeah, she emailed you hit.exe. Yeah, and then like a, 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 a like yeah, like an origami fist came out of my printer and punched me. Your CD tray opened up and kicked you in the shin. It did and all. And then a little wave file just wrote, "By the way, Megatron sucks." Yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird flex. Um. <laughs> um but yeah, but you're yeah, talking about that. Me, that me and Umar have actually done the homework and mm-hmm. re- like read. The the new IDW comic. So, Umar, say things about them that you think. It's really interesting. I'm I'm having a good time with it. It's really world building heavy, which is I think it's what it's being sold on. And it's like you know this Cybertron we've never seen before, a lot of like unprecedented stuff with like the biology and history of the world, and also some really like fun, cute character moments. Hmm. The big issue, the big thing everyone's been talking about with it has been like the the pacing because hmm. it's it's kind of interesting. It's like novelistic pacing, but in the format of comic. And I feel like it will probably read better as a trade. But even as is, I haven't felt like I've been like waiting around like, oh, when's the story gonna happen? Because it comes out every two weeks. It's just been like comfy. Yeah. It's like oh, I'm having I'm having a good time. Yeah. It's just you're hanging out. You're hanging out with your good buddies, the Transformers. Yeah, and it's just like. The story will get there eventually, and there's, you know, nuggets and development things, and, you know, but the story is more just the world. Yeah. Um, and so I haven't felt like, you know, every time I say something nice about the IDW comic, some rando called, like, Joshimush Prime 86 has to, like, <laughs> well, he can't nut until he comes into my mentions to tell me he, he doesn't find it that interesting. But it's just like, I don't know, it's, it is, it's, it's endearing, and it's like, it's very confident in the way that it goes about itself, and I'm like, you know, I like your moxie. I, w- yeah. I want to see where this goes. I have heard people say that the newest issue that came out, for a lot of people, it did actually fix their problems with the pacing because it feels like that's. Would you? What would you say about that? Yeah, issue five like makes issue the issues one two four feel even better because it's like, oh yeah, things actually are you know things are happening. The pace, the story can pick up the pace when it needs to. Oh, so right. if it makes it makes issues one two four feel more deliberate. I see what you mean. It's not like you know the latter ends of IDW one, but it's like oh shit, we got to get everything in at once. Here's a dozen. <laughs> plot elements that are not going to get resolved at any point. It feels like, you know, things will happen here, and things will get resolved, and arcs will get done. Mm. They will arc. Without sort of trivialising real, real world stuff too, like, too much. But, like, the main thing that I've sort of thought about while I've been reading it is thinking about, like, stories set in Weimar, Germany. Mm. After World after World War One, but before the start of World War Two. I'm so glad like, that I trust you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> where it's just like where like you as a reader have like the 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 context from outside, you know that you know what's coming that yeah. the characters don't, and it's like this mm. is a Transformers thing. It's it's like deliberately set before things kicked off. Yeah, like before even like formation of the Decepticons. It's almost kind of like the sort of slow like slowly unfolding tragedy where mm. you see like characters like that you know like will eventually 
be like end up on opposite sides oh yeah yeah and... it's, it's like watching the titanic movie you know the boat's <laughs> gonna sink you're just waiting for it to happen i haven't seen it yet but, well um... the good thing about that is that like you know i imagine there's gonna be some analogous thing to like you ever think about <laughs> you ever think about all like the all the uncooked like shrimp and lobster that was on the titanic and those little in those little <laughs> fucking in those little tanks and then they got their second chance when it all fucking went off. <laughs> You know, silver, silver lining. I hope that's. I hope that's who Rubble turns out to be. I hope Rubble is the <laughs> is the second chance lobster. It, it's been like so for re- reading it. It's been kind of like that's kind of been in, in my mind where yeah. like you know like shit's gonna break bad, but the characters don't know that, and they're sort of talking about like the first because like the the pacing the pacing issue is interesting because like if you like are familiar with history. Then you know that a lot of the t- a lot of times in history, you go from periods where not very much happens at all to lots of things happening very suddenly all at once. Yeah, I can speak and... to that because that's how my life works. <laughs> so I haven't really sort of had a problem with the pacing, where it's like obviously like the first few issues have been like setting up like the world and showing us like the differences from the previous iteration of IGW's Transformers comics. Yeah, and like like specific things about this version of cybertron where it is like you know multicultural in a sense because there are like alien refugees who live on cybertron that like the cybertronians have like engineered parts of cybertron to be habitable by this alien species because they don't because like they don't have their own planet anymore Mm -hmm. so it's like which is interesting because like a lot of the times i think pretty much like all of the time in like transformers media like whenever you see pre-war cybertron it's very very socially homogenous where it is just Mm -hmm. you know Mm. cyber cybertronians but it's like in this cybertronians are a a spacefaring culture and you know there's like the cybertronian colonies and then there's also non-cybertronian aliens living on cybertron which is yeah. like a really interesting approach to it. Yeah, because yeah. I think most fiction previous has like Cybertron being like blacklisted from the, sort of the you know uh, from space as a whole because they're like oh those warfaring robot bastards who keep blowing <laughs> up our blowing up our backyards. Yeah, and here's just like you know Cybertron has a history within the greater like galactic scheme of things where it's like you know it has trade relations, it has like refugee programs, it has like invasive species that they're just like oh this thing likes eating metal. And it, can stay here i guess and it's, it's really interesting and i'm uh, uh, kind of interesting to see like how it all you know how it all does break bad because it's like yeah it's been really comfy so far it's been interesting laying down the foundation for things and i'm really looking forward to see how it all pays off and you know how these characters go about things i just i'm just it's gonna be really sad isn't it yeah, it's yeah. gonna be it's gonna kill us but mm-hmm. uh and also like um i'm kind of glad that i i, I can't recall if, if he said this exactly, but I think Brian Ruckley was talking about like how um, he wants things to like, allu- uh, you know, allude to, to to real world things, but not be like direct allegory for it. Yeah, mm. that's the the approach you kind of have to take with stuff. Yeah, like we have yeah. giant space fucking robots. Like you can't just be like, oh, they're the fucking nazis. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> I, I can kind of see that it's very clearly not trying to do the like. Oh, what if the Freedom Fighters were actually bad guys? Thing yeah. like Megatron, straight up issue one, colonialist dickhead bastard who's yep. co-opted, <laughs> who's co-opted this like genuine social reform movement to be like, hey, what if we colonialism? Yeah, <laughs> what if we did that? <laughs> I love how unapologetic it is as well. It's brilliant. Yeah, that's like the only way you can ever do that thing. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's the only way you can make... Because yeah. like, I don't want to fucking... Because what's interesting about Transformers is the characters, the individual things. Because they all have their own, like, you know, niche that they fill. And I don't want to feel bad, especially as like you know, like as as someone who is Jewish. I don't want to feel bad about liking the Decepticons because everyone's always going to be like, "Oh, well, they're fucking they're Nazi allegories, aren't they?" And it's like, well, that doesn't that's well, that's no fun for me. Mm. <laughs> I'm here yeah. to enjoy myself. So it's like, if you're gonna do that, it's got to be like at least let it be. But like, well, maybe the core, what's the word? The core values were corrupted by leadership. You know, yeah, that's that's like that was like slightly one of the problems with the previous iteration of IDW, where it's like they did like they did so much like to show that initially the Decepticon movement was justified in the sense that they were rebelling against like a very very restrictive authoritarian yeah um like like caste system. But then it's kind of like, it's always weird to read it when you know that eventually, you know, the the Decepticons who are like the freedom fighters in that analogy will eventually end up like running death camps. So yeah. it's like, that's a bit odd. And stuff yeah. like Megatron being a poet. Yes. Like pre-war is like, yeah. is that meant to be evocative of the fact that Hitler wanted to be a painter? Yeah. And it's like, especially, it especially hits even worse to like a, a horrible, disgusting, bad crescendo during like, you know, like Lost Light or like the la- like Matumti mm. season two, where Megatron is like, oh, well, I didn't mean it. Because like, well, you're the one who fucking did it, though. <laughs> it's like, if it was any other, like, I don't mind of like, like, say, like the scavengers. That's why I like the scavengers so much, because like they've been blacklisted from their own army because no one gives a shit. And so it's like, well, we wanted to be good. We wanted to just do our part, and maybe some of them have bad reasons for doing it. But like, you know, they weren't they they weren't in charge, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm. Like, I hate yeah. to be like, I hate to be like, oh, they were just following orders because you know, fucking, you know. But they're fucking cartoons. Whenever I've like wanted to like write like Transformers fan fiction, I've always wanted to sort of emphasize the fact that you know the Autobots did have their own like pathologically violent headbreakers. It's yeah. just, you know, they, they'd sort of seized on the opportunity to do it for the Autobots rather than the Decepticons. And the the issue with, like, trying to sort of engender sympathy for the Decepticons is, like, there's such an easy way to do it where you both you have both the Autobots and the Decepticons be, like, react, you know, rebelling against an authoritarian system. Yeah. But the Autobots are doing it, like, you know, the ethos of the Autobots and Optimus Prime is that people deserve the right to self-determine. And then you have the Decepticons under Megatron be, like, people need a leader. Yeah. yeah. It's like, people people like people need to be kept in line. and People need a strong lead. It's basically like, you know, self-determination versus needing, you know, a, a strong leader. So just because I've been re-watching Beast Wars recently, and I got into a conversation, I can't remember who it was... But we were talking about, like, the Maximals and whether they were actually the good guys. Like, obviously, the Predacons were the bad guys. That's established. I'm not Raksha. I'm not going to write essays defending (laughs) them because, no, they were the bad guys. But you then look at the Maximal government and you look at what they did with Rampage, which was basically to torture a living sentient being and mutilate them beyond recognition. Basically, you And say... It basically eugenics, yeah. yeah. And then say, well, you can't say the Maximals are the good guys either. And 
a yeah. fascinating point for me about Beast Wars is because you are immediately removed from Cybertron and yeah, you are you... just on Earth with these two teams, you literally cannot tell mm. what is actually being fought over. Like, Megatron is a complete dick who just wants to be in charge, but when he says that the Predacons are enslaved by the Maximals, I have no frame of reference to tell me that that actually wasn't the case and maybe yeah. he had a legitimate point there. And that's kind of like, I think what the IDW comics were trying to echo the fact yeah. that the society wasn't actually brilliant and like Megatron had a point. Megatron didn't have a point. He's a mass murdering genocidal dick. Yeah. But, but it's like, yeah, because it's like, you can see why people followed him is the thing. Yeah. Mm. And it's the same reason why, like, it makes sense in the context of Beast Wars because, like, you're fed info through the three seasons that basically, like, yeah, because the Decepticons lost the war. Uh, mm. Predacons, their descendants, are basically second-class citizens, and yeah. because of and that's like that's a fucked-up concept. So obviously, the Predacon High Council and everyone they want to, you know, they're waiting for their fucking opportunity to like overthrow maximal government yeah. because that's fucked. And you can see like, but also Megatron, like the the Predacon Council are assholes. Megatron's an asshole, and yeah. they hate <laughs> they both hate each other. Yeah, but... the Tripedicus Council doesn't want Megatron in charge because they know he's an asshole. Yeah, but they Megatron want to, like, by the time. But Megatron wants to be in charge because I could do better. <laughs> and all, so, like, you can see why people are like, "Oh, well, I mean, this guy wants to do shit, and he wants to do it right now, and I'm feeling pretty dissatisfied." So, yeah, let's hang out. Yeah, I'll hang out with this guy, even if he does seem a little, you know, like there's again, there's like parallels to history because it's like you look at sort of the conditions that were imposed on Germany at the end of World War One in the mm. Treaty of Versailles. Yeah. Those were the things that like were directly capitalized on by the Nazis. Yeah, exactly. When they came to power, it's like you know, oh, like we were humiliated, and like we, you know, Germany's, you know, like we've got like hyperinflation. Germany's being treated as like the poor man of Europe, and we need to take back our power. And it's like, you know, which isn't obviously like, yeah, to say of course that, that would sound justified. the yeah, Third yeah, Reich absolutely. wasn't justified in how they reacted to it. No, fucking but, like, absolutely that not. That was the justification for it. Yeah, yeah it's like, so that's... you can kind of see like a similar th of like a similar parallel with the Maximals and the Predacons. It's like if Predacons yeah. are treated as secondhand citizens because they're defended from the side that lost the war, yeah. then that you know then the responsibility becomes you know a, at least partly shared by the Maximals because it's like if you hadn't treated them like that, they wouldn't have like yeah, yeah even, I like, to like stand a semi-legitimate reason. Yeah. As, as well, I admire the, the fact, like you say, villains. the storytelling is that we never see Cybertron, so the information is fed to us by the characters, and the Maximals we have aren't goody two-shoes. Like, none of them, not even Cheetor, who's like the kid identifier character, yeah, because isn't he's, a goody two-shoe. Yeah, but he is like, he's optimistic because he's a kid, he probably doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, and like, even Optimus Primal, he's, he's the good guy, he's the Optimus stand-in, but he's angry he takes it out on his troops he's not perfect yeah he's not um, he's not plays basketball with you dad optimus prime <laughs> he's, he's too busy doing maintenance to play basketball with you because ratchet broke something again sorry i wasn't trying to derail to beast wars what i was the what i was trying no, to okay. say was... it's okay it's okay beast wars <laughs> is very you get interesting it, you like beast wars <laughs> want to make a podcast you like about this it? you like this bad show we all like bad shows <laughs> true I just wish it had been, like, as someone who, the only IDW experience I had was reading Matumti till about issue 40, where I gave up. Which is the, the best point to, <laughs> yeah. to give up. Because then give when reading up. forward what happened, like, listening to you guys and reading it, I was just like, what? Who was God? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think believe. I think after, I can believe. Yeah, after issue forty, the story kind of disappeared up its own ass a bit. Yeah, I, I think the the just... biggest the biggest problem with season two of More Than Meets the Eye is Megatron. Yeah, in that it was you know Megatron was a replacement for an idea that James Roberts had originally had. So basically, the main facet of season two of Matumsi is compromise because yeah. it's like it's it's a lot of it is trying to fit Megatron into the mm. niche that would have been filled by it was it was a quick switch quick yes switch. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i think it was like quick switch was going to be like the powerful pacifist and dying of the light was going to be about drift yeah but yeah it's, i think i think i think james roberts i think if memory serves he like calls dibs on megatron and then like halfway after the meeting was like shit how do i put him in and then then everything else happened yeah i, I feel like if he'd had control of idw like right from the start to tell a more cohesive story it might have worked but inheriting a comic where you know millions of humans have been killed billions of other aliens trillions of other aliens have been killed and then trying to retroactively make that work doesn't work which is why i'm glad with the new idw comics there's more care being taken to yeah, develop like... the world as a whole yeah bringing it bringing it full circle thanks Beck. yeah so i i've I haven't read the latest issue, but I've seen people like up in arms on Twitter because Megatron's evil again. It's like, well, fucking duh. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's fucking Megatron. It, it's Megatron. It's like giving. I don't know. I was going to bring up uh, uh, Skeletor from He Man, but even he had a redemption arc in the Christmas special, so never mind. But um, <laughs> I, I'm glad they just made him a dickhead from the start. Yeah, and it's like, like I said, it's like to to real like life stuff in a way. It's like, oh, I can I can kind of feel this. It's like, oh, yeah. A political figure with uh, considerable influence co-opting a revolutionary movement to fulfill his own gains, which yeah. is colonialism. It's like, damn, that that like that feels real, but yeah. it's not like, hey, what if this character said strong and stable like a Theresa May? <laughs> what if this other character alluded to the death of a politician by a fascist in real life? Like, fuck off. <laughs> oh, what if he said fake news? That's like yeah. the other one, isn't it? It's just like, man, this is it's like, sir, this is the McDonald's drive. <laughs> yeah. So this is a children's franchise. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm just glad that it's established that he's a dickhead. That that's my piece. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been enjoying it. Like the pace, the mm. pacing feels more like a novel, which makes sense because Brian Ruffey yeah. is primarily a novelist. Yeah, but it's like it works. It works with comics, and also like the art team is like on point. Like Joanna Lafuente, she came over from uh, More Than Lost Delight, and she she delivers some really great color work then. And like she's absolutely crushing it now. Like making these really vibrant, you know, very unique vision of Cybertron that goes along with the narrative. And like Angel Hernandez, um, everyone was a bit like iffy with how he started out, but it feels like he's had a real improvement curve in like five issues. Like you know, he's really good with faces now, and he's like he's got his really like thick, thick lines that like make things really cybernetic in a really cool way. And so I like uh, that's partially why I feel kind of bad for calling it the Rockley verse first, because it's like there's a lot of other people here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's a collaborative medium. Yeah, it's a collaborative effort. And uh, I would just like to say one thing that's very frustrating, even though like I haven't fully caught up. Like I have been reading it, just not. Uh, you know, as each issue comes out. But one thing that's been very frustrating is seeing other people react to it and being like, you know, especially when they're being like, oh, well, nothing's happening. 
Mm. But then they're like, like, look, it's obviously like n- nothing in 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 like a slow like a fucking prose story. You know, nothing really. I don't expect things to happen in the first chapter. Yeah. You know, I expect like shit to go to maybe like at the very end, and then it's like fuck, and then and then <laughs> chapter two is like whoa. Yeah, it's like, have you ever read a Stephen King book? Like, nothing happens for the first no. 600 pages. Yeah. Granted, so. I wouldn't recommend reading a Stephen King book, but, you know. <laughs> Pet Cemetery ain't so bad. Um, but listen, people who are being like, is this all it's gonna be? Is this all it's gonna be? Fucking, what? read the name of the comic again. <laughs> War is the first word. <laughs> so... It's fucking duh. Of course, it's not just going to yeah. be this. It's mm. not going to be. You're not going like, to walk out of this fe- feeling like the the first time you walked out of Phantom Menace. Okay, it's not going to be that. <laughs> just and also like with chance. with like IDW one Phase Two, I yeah. think things got. Uh, I think people are comparing because things got a bit went quicker then. Mm. But also, you got to think like John Barber and James Roberts didn't have to make a whole new world up. They yeah. got given sort of the phase one world and like, okay, play in this space. Yeah. And, you know, they mm. did interesting stuff of it, but then, but they had a lot of like the narrative legwork done for them. Yeah. Whereas in this case, it's just like, you know, a lot of work is being done to like, oh, this is different from IGW1. And also we have to show you what it is and then yeah. introduce all these characters again and show and, how they're going to be different. In this and one. frankly, mm. and frankly, a lot of the world building that IGW phase one did was mostly on accident. Let's be fucking real. Mm-hmm. Like they tried, like fucking, like what was it? All Hail Megatron. A lot of that was just like, oh, it's the action now. Yeah. And do you guys remember how much of a fucking slog that was? How fucking oh, yeah. annoying! It's like, what's I, happening? <laughs> I remember being a brand new Transformers fan and picking up Megatron Origin and having no fucking idea what was happening. Oh no! Remember not that? That, one. that went really fast. And do you know why it went really fast? Because nothing worked. It went too fast. Mm. So, everyone likes to remember the first IDW Transformers stuff as being, like, good, but it only actually got good in, like, the second half of it. Yeah, phase two. Yeah. So, fucking just have some perspective, guys. I'm not saying, like, mm. oh, you know, you can't dislike this because this was worse. I'm just saying, like, like if we're thinking about this as, like, a novel, like he's writing it, we're mm. not really past the first couple pages, we're barely past the first fucking stanza. You know what I'm saying? This is like setup. This is setup of setup. Give it a rest, bro. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna hop off my soapbox now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. We're all on the soapbox with you. I think. Mm, we all it's not room. We're, we're all gonna fall. We're all, we're all like, doing like. Everyone's only got one foot on it. And we're all balancing and holding onto each other's shoulders. We're like a motorcycle display team. Yeah. <laughs> We've like formed like a rough yeah. pyramid. Oh, I fell and then I've sort of like my one foot has landed off of it. But then you're gonna lift me up, but then someone else is gonna fall. It's a really small. We really should have gotten something like an actual like a crate. Also, <laughs> uh, oh, another thing I wanted to mention about IDW two that I really liked was um, how many girl characters are in it and how many girl characters are like are embedded straight into the narrative. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like you know, you've got Windblade, you've got Chromia. Chromia is great. I love her. She's just an arsehole. She's brilliant. <laughs> RC's already like, there and has a girlfriend yeah, already. RC's there and mm-hmm. um and Greenlight's there and I have I have a lot of confidence that they'll get like development arcs so it'll just be like, Hey look, we're woke, we've got a gay couple in the background there. But yeah, when I first saw 
when I first saw RC and Greenlight in that preview, I was like, oh man, whatever happened to Aileron? But it's like, well, you know, it's she doesn't exist no more. But mm-hmm. that's okay. She's still in my heart. <laughs> and yeah, it's like you've got you've got a lot of like legacy characters doing cool stuff, and you've also got like new characters. Like um, there's this big titan called Leviathan who kind of goes around goes around mm-hmm. Cybertron collecting cyber matter to make to make like protoforms and stuff. And it's like um, you've got you know Ter- Termagax mm-hmm. who's like this big like revolutionary figure, and she sounds really cool. And you know we get yeah. to see her. She sounds really cool to you because she sounds like a Ben Ten character. <laughs> All right. Maybe so. Don't don't come for our fucking dog like that. <laughs> don't call me out. Yeah, I've been enjoying like the new characters. Uh, There's also Mm. Geometus, who is yeah, like is written is like very obviously written to be like evocative of someone on the autistic spectrum, but a robot. Mm. And I'm always very wary of how those are pulled off. Yeah, because as far as I'm aware, Brian Rookley isn't on the autistic spectrum, and you know, and we're not saying that people you know obviously who aren't can't write people on the autistic spectrum but historically i'm saying that oh um okay fair enough then (laughs) no it's just historically doesn't turn out so well in the long run and we're pretty you know we're pretty close to the start i'm I'm, like i'm prepared to have an open mind about it but it's like it's one of those things where it's like "Mm, please don't it's it's one of those things where it's like as soon as the character gets introduced i'm like please stick the landing yeah yeah i have more faith in it because it's not like he's the only robot character like they're all fucking robots So, like, this one being autistic is less of a... It's less of a, he's a robot because he's autistic, but they're they're already, you know? Yeah, it's nice that, you know, neurodivergence can exist. Because, like, Mm. it's really cool how, like, I read... Like, ages ago, I read a Lord of the Rings fan fiction, and there was a character in it who was a dwarf who was on the autistic spectrum, and it talked about how, you know, dwarves on the autistic spectrum are, like, very, very respected in dwarven society because of their like because of their special interests it's seen as like devotion to craft Hmm. which is like a a big thing in dwarf society so it's like it's cool when you see like like allegories or even like direct representation of neurodivergence in in a a non-human culture because it gives you like room to explore like yeah stuff for them where it's like they you know they don't necessarily have to deal with the baggage that comes from being neurodivergent in like human societies yeah it's like it's very interesting because in in a way it helps us know like through character interactions and the way this character acts by themselves it helps us know what this new society that we're being introduced to what they value and how it's Mm. different to you know human society because Mm. i've heard nothing but good things about geomotus He's very good. I love. I him. liked him, like for yeah. what it's worth, like for yeah. for all the sort of trepidation that I felt. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how the other characters feel about him, but I feel like they like him. I think what I like about it is that it's like, yeah, he's clearly like written to be you know evocative of someone who is autistic or on the spectrum, uh, but he's still liked by his peers. He's not like mm. so that immediately shows me one that it's not going to be. You know, one of those. It's not going to be a fucking pity party, and also it means that maybe the writer has like a little bit more respect for the uh, the condition, I guess. Yeah, I did like that. He was, you know, he like he did participate in conversations 
Yeah. Which like sounds mm-hmm. like such like a low bar, but often, yeah. you know, autistic characters that are written by non autistic people don't get that. Yep. You know. They they just yeah. sort of speak when it's plot relevant or like they you know, the like data from Star Trek. Yeah. But he just like seemed like a person who just has, you know, a distinct like way of interacting with and seeing the world. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think his his like his like introductory scene, uh, it could have so easily like broken really bad, like oh you know, making making fun of him. Mm. But it's just like no, you know, GMOs has certain needs, and you know, he, you know, it's like normal that they're accommodated. It's just like yeah, yeah, you know, it wasn't played for laughs. It's just like a way of introducing his character, and you know, it wasn't made weird or anything. It's just like okay, yeah, he he doesn't like confined spaces. That's way that's yeah. fine. He likes he likes his shapes. Like there is a, there is a contingent of Transformers fandom who would view things like say an autistic Transformer or a transgender Transformer. Like they would view that as a they do they would and view, and do view that as a joke. And mm. I all I all I really want from IDW or really from any Transformers fiction is for those people to continually feel like they are not in on it. Like, yeah, for them to continue, for them to feel like outsiders, yeah, I because want... of their desire to make other people outsiders. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, because that's why a lot of people gravitated so hard towards um, IDW Phase Two, mm. especially near the end, because there was so much of that, and and there were people obviously on fucking Transformers communities that were made by people from the eighties. So it's like it's all fucking like thirty to forty year old dudes, and they're all stewing in their own piss. It's like, <laughs> it's like they're probably gonna be like, "Oh, what the fuck is all this fucking gay shit, bro? What the yeah. fuck?" And like they'll have friends who are like, "Yeah, what the fuck? I ain't reading this. I'm gonna buy toys instead because I'm a real man." <laughs> it's like, and all my toys are straight. They don't have sexualities, but they're all straight. Yeah, yeah. I you, I tend to see it a lot from like because like few gets a lot of like those people in his mm. like YouTube comments and his replies on Twitter. And I think a lot of the time it's they're looking at few who's a white guy with a big beard and like assuming that he has a similar outlook to them when yeah. you know he really doesn't. So that's what that, I, that's, that's what I like. Did I um. This might not go in the podcast, actually, but I just think it's really nice that, like, the other day, um, when I was talking about, like, hey, um, I come back from my appointment for, like, the titty skittles, and it's all sorted out, and then some fucking guy who I guess f- saw the post, like, the gender appointment post, because Thew replied to it, and was like, yeah. Nice or liked going. it, Yeah. Yeah. And then they saw, and they replied to it, and they were like, oh, fucking, uh, look between your legs, pussy. <laughs> um, and specifically, that happened, and then Theo was like, I am explicitly not endorsing this, fuck you. Mm. You try that shit with me, fuck you. And I, I, that just made me feel very good. Mm. Theo's a good dude. I like that yeah. man a lot. Yeah. He's my day. That, that, that should, you know, if if you're like, a cishet white dude in Transformers fandom, then just be like you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do it. Or death. <laughs> Do it or face the firing squads when it be, <laughs> when the revolution comes. Face the um, bullshit. <laughs> um, so, has anyone got anything else to say about IGW? 
Um, I'm really excited about reading the rest of it now. As well you should be. Because I like bits uh, things you talk about. I'm I also I'm extremely, extremely looking forward to when Hound does show up. Because um because I I have been I did talk to Brian Ruckley on Twitter and he did say that Hound is coming he's going to appear and do cool things. And awesome. he's not gonna let me down like James then, Roberts did and, in twenty fifteen. And then you said, Thank you, Brian, here's your turtle alive and well. <laughs> Brian's Brian's gonna write it so that like Hound's gonna show up in the next issue and he's gonna be like, Hey guys, I'm Hound and then he does like a sweet like like Un, kick, like unassisted no he does like a sweet unassisted like full on like jumps up somersault backflip and everyone's like whoa and they all clap and he's like thanks <laughs> anyway see ya I gotta, yeah, I gotta go fuck my boyfriend because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah there was like a green robot in the background I was like is that my is that my son and I had I Brian like he was like no sorry but he, he has confirmed that he will be doing something more interesting than standing behind a desk. Yeah, he's gonna do some. Uh, he's gonna do some sick parkour. He's yeah, gonna, he's gonna he's gonna eat a desk. He's gonna eat the desk, and then uh, what's gonna happen? Like a big sandwich. He's gonna eat the desk like a big sandwich, and then he's gonna be like, "Oh, you thought that was cool, huh?" And then he's gonna like do like a magic trick, like coin behind your ear style, except it's gonna be a whole dog, and he's and you're gonna be like, "Whoa!" And he's like, "You can keep that one. I've got tons of home." And then he gives uh, you some weed. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I think especially because, like I said, Brian Ruckley does do a wildlife podcast, and also because there's going to be that there's just such a big focus on like um, alien relationships and stuff. Um, and you know, Cybertronians having you know contact with other organics. I feel like that's going to be so good for a character like Hound. Yeah, because he's like, like he's like a nature boy, isn't he? Yeah, and like I could totally see him as like a xenobiologist or something. It's so, like. Uh, <laughs> Making that exact noise, yeah. yeah. Like he sees a, he sees a, an amphiboid or whatever. <laughs> that's the that's the canonical term in uh, Transformers already 2015 for like the frog Transformers, like Springload. That's amphiboid. And also, I think Spitter or Slapper from Beast Wars Uprising. I don't know, but yeah, so, yeah, that's a real thing. Is what I'm saying. Mm. So don't fucking laugh at me, you bastard. Anyway, he sees that and he's going to be like, whoa, <laughs> check this boy out, dude. <laughs> and then he smokes weed with it. <laughs> he, he, he finds one of those like hallucinogenic frogs and licks it. Yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> just swil- swills it around his mouth like a sweet. Um... Yeah, it, but then like the <laughs> it transforms into spit or and he's like, dude, like, oh, shit. Sorry, man. He's like, nah, it's cool, bruh. I know what you ta- I know what you're talking about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, hey man, bro. it's cool. I'm nasty. I'm nasty ho- like that, bro. I'm, I'm way nasty. And how's we like- all hope you enjoyed this preview of IDW two issue six <laughs> coming out in two weeks. Hound Hound and the Nasty Frog. Um, <laughs> so that's enough of that. So uh, we we always end these with a shout out and uh, Becca is gonna be the one who's doing that this time. Nice. Do um it. Yeah, so this June, specifically June 30th, I will have been a Transformers fan for 10 years, one whole decade. Weird. And I'm. <laughs> have you seen this podcast? A nerd is like the least. No, awful because thing it's an audio medium. Be. I can only hear it. <laughs> but, um, you, like, do you, you like things. Uh, you like things that are not traditionally valued by things. Western society. <laughs> yes, consumerism, that thing that is very devalued by Western society. <laughs> All right. Capitalism, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marx. 
um yeah but i i wanted to uh give a shout out to brentosaur our brent on twitter because basically without him i wouldn't be here because he was the guy that got me into transformers back in the halcyon days of live journal before it was a russian porn blog and i'd just seen the michael bay film on dvd having no idea what transformers was and brent was just like yo there's a cartoon you should probably watch it i think you'd like it and the rest is history also, Brent is just generally a really good dude who's been really kind to people in the fandom over the years. Just like, you know, random giveaways of toys and... He just gives stuff. He does. So much. He does. He gives so much. I feel so... bad because I know Brent's given me something, but I can't remember what it was. But the point is, Brent's a fucking legend and I love he him. He is. Yeah, he is. And if you're not following him, you totally should. He's at Brentosaur on Twitter and he's just absolutely amazing. So mm. he's my shout out because yeah. yeah, wouldn't be here without him. I think it was probably a sound wave. Let's be real. It probably was. <laughs> he's track. very L- good at Laura deducing Mavridge's people's tastes. Yeah. Says that it probably was. Yeah. God bless you, Brennosaur. And uh, yeah. God bless us, everyone. Yeah, Mary Ruckley. <laughs> <laughs>